Welcome to Game and Watch with Aaron and James, the show where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we've been watching. I'm Aaron. And I'm James. And today we're talking about the Super Mario Brothers movie, the recently released computer animated adventure film. So Super Mario Brothers 2023, not the John Leguizamo, uh, Dennis Hopper joint from what was that? 89, uh, 93, I think 93. I did did not uh, rewatch that uh, in preparation for this. I don't think it's uh, canonical. I don't think it's required viewing, (laughs) but maybe we'll we'll do it at some point. Uh, Today, we are joined by a very, very special guest and a dear friend of mine. Joey, thank you so much for being here. Yay. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I say this all the time, but we like to have experts uh, of, you know, you know, it'd be, it'd be weird if we had someone on who'd never played a Mario game. Actually, that could be interesting, though. That could be if um, we had both a pro and a novice. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't think to do that. Um, but actually, I don't know anybody like that. I'd have to have like either. my mom on or something. Um, and I think even my mom has a general familiarity with Mario having raised five boys. Um, but yeah, well, I would. Was- I was so excited for the movie for that character study. What is Mario? Who is <laughs> yeah. Mario? Yeah. I wanted to know. It, so it's so interesting that you say that, actually, as as a joke. But like some some people are like genuinely, and we'll get to this. Like are genuinely upset that this movie didn't like act as more of a character study for Mario. I think they kind of failed to appreciate what the movie was trying to be. That said, I think that there are like there are some very fair criticisms of this movie. And I, I mean, we'll, let's, let's talk about our histories with it. Just, and our just initial high level impressions of it based on, um, you know, our, our viewing or viewings and you can go first, Joey. Sure. So um, on the commentary around expertise with Mario, I'll say <laughs> I I'm quite familiar with the subject matter. Yeah. Um, safe to say. Cur- Safe to say, I, I've, I've invested just a couple dollars here and there in some Nintendo products over the years, but uh, <laughs> definitely grew up with a NES controller in my hand um, and have been a lifelong Mario fan um, to the point where I just did my honeymoon in Japan and visiting Super Nintendo World was definitely on the list of things we had to go to. But uh, I had been very much looking forward to the Mario movie, but with... <laughs> tapered expectations i'd say just having been a lifelong nintendo fan especially when they're trying something new you never quite know what you're going to get usually it's pretty good but there's usually some nintendo goofiness along the way so (laughs) i went into the movie um with managed expectations and i I think my experience of the movie was definitely impacted by the critic reviews which we'll get to i'm sure in the conversation but uh i did take a peek at the rotten tomato score did see the synopsis read a couple reviews went in with that critic consensus in my mind watching the movie. And overall, I I think it had a slight negative impact on my viewing of it. But overall, as a Mario fan, somebody that knows the source material, it really felt like a movie that was for me. I I loved it. I had a smile on my face the entire time watching it. Um, There were definitely some choices that we'll talk about that I thought were hit or miss. (laughs) But overall, it was just a very fun, very solid to the source material, um, really enjoyable movie. All right, Aaron. Yeah, so I, of the three of us, I have um, seen this twice. Uh, you guys only saw it once. Joey, uh, did you did you end up seeing it twice or no? I did not, just uh, the one time. <clears throat> yeah, so I automatically win this conversation over the two of you. Uh, um, but okay. the, the first time I saw it, I went in blind. I did not look up any reviews. Uh, I didn't look up anything. 
Uh, I hadn't seen any trailers either, except for like the very first teaser. Um, and I went in, I had a blast. Uh, I did have a couple issues here and there with it that we'll talk about. But after seeing it the first time, I went back, I looked at the critical consensus and some things were fair, like we've been saying, but a lot of things I felt uh, I personally disagreed with. Hmm. I went in the second time uh, with my brother who hadn't seen it yet, uh, kind of with those uh, critical voices in my head. Joey, like you saw it the first time. And I noticed more things that I kind of nitpicked, but overall still had a lot of fun with it. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head, Joey, when you said uh, it felt like it was made for me. Uh, I have an extensive history with Mario Brothers, just like you. I had an NES growing up, played uh, Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 3, even 2, which is a little goofy. Um, but overall, I had a blast with the film and um, both times. And yeah, we'll talk about it. Uh, yeah, so I saw it. Um... I didn't see it right when it came out because I, I was then in Japan, like right after Joey left Japan, Rand and I visited Japan. We did not go to Super Mario uh, World, though. Um, so I was very excited to come back. And this is like the, one of the first things I wanted to do. And if I had not been as jet lagged as I was, I probably would have done it like immediately after I got back. Um, I had been like like you guys. I mean, I extensive history with Mario. I did not own an NES. I think the first Mario game I played was either six golden coins or Super Mario World. Um, that's, I basically started my like very mainstream Mario journey with Super Mario World, and I went back and did Mario three and uh, and Mario two and, and Mario a, one, the lost levels. One. Yeah, um, I I was very apprehensive, and I I did something that I don't normally do. I didn't read a single full review, uh, critic review, which was very difficult because oftentimes I don't I don't have as much of the temptation because I usually like the critic reviews come out like. And then the movie comes out the next day. I since I didn't see it right away, I waited like four or five days or whatever after it came out. I I had the opportunity to read a bunch of critic reviews. Didn't do it, but I did generally look at like like a summary of people's like thoughts. And I think Aaron's got like a an our outline. He's got like a comment on on that before. But I, I would say that it was like audience reception was very high. Critical reception was like mid to low, and I got to say, I I didn't think the movie was bad. I was just disappointed. I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed enough of it where I would say it was. I definitely would say this is like an above average movie for sure. Um, but I was I felt let down. And I think the thing I was craving so much, and I really don't think I went in with like high. I didn't go in with high expectations. So I don't think that I was setting myself up to fail. And I really think I, w- I went in with a, as open of a mind as I possibly could. But I I just I wanted that feeling that you guys described of like like the movie was for you. And I didn't. And I would love to like spend some of the time here. I'm sure we will as we talk about things we liked and didn't like about the movie, like trying to diagnose that because I have some thoughts about why that's the case. And it's. It has a lot to do with the fact, and I think it's, I don't want to like say this was like a cash grab necessarily, but it's been one of the criticisms repeated. I think that's a little unfair, but I think that there are things that the movie does that I view as uh, isolating rather than the the filmmakers reaching out to try to kind of invite Mario, longtime Mario fans to like join the fun. It, it just it I feel like you could almost see it was a little transparent the way that they were 
you know, for example, high level, like blatantly advertising their products. And like, I, I thought some of like the, I don't want to say the characterization of Mario is thin. It's just like, I, I it felt like almost like a rushed thing to me. And I know it wasn't. I mean, there's a lot of thought and a lot of heart that went into it. And one of the, one of the biggest things about this movie I liked is the realization of the world, which I think they did a really phenomenal job with. But I just felt like a lot of like plot and thought like thought and care as to like some of the Easter eggs that were put in felt kind of just like a a brain dump of everything. Mario, all this like high stimulus, like shit. It, it was it almost like reeked of like a kid's movie that was just trying to be loud and vibrant and attention grabbing. And there's undeniably an element to that in it. The ratio of movie for me and movie for kids or selling things, I, I just it didn't quite end up the way that I was hoping it would be. And there's a there's a movie I want to compare it to. I don't really know when else to do it. So I, I guess let's do it now before we get into the, devel- the development of the movie. But the movie I really want to compare it to is the Lego movie, because mm. I think it's an appropriate comparison because both leaned very heavily on nostalgia and relied in Chris Pratt. <laughs> well, yeah, I actually didn't even think about that. Yeah, uh, they relied very heavily on nostalgia to attract like a large subset of audiences. And they yeah. both have this very vibrant and diverse and like ex- exciting aesthetic for the filmmakers to play around with. I mean, the, Mo- the Mushroom Kingdom, and we have a lot of like, and arguably Lego movie had less to go off of because Legos are just anything. That's even more of a challenge. And, but like Mario, I mean, there's so much, there's so many cool things to deal with. Uh, so many like pieces to use from different games and like the aesthetic is just so well recognized. There's a lot of freedom and I bet it was a really exciting movie to make both this one and Lego movie. But I, I just felt like for me personally, as someone who feels like my, my Lego nostalgia is like as deep as my Mario nostalgia, even though I, I feel like I've played more Mario in my life than I've played with Legos, but the Lego movie just felt like for me again, personally, it, did more to surprise me. It like felt, I just was blown away by how heartfelt it was and how many risks it took with its plot, given the general, like you could have done so many things with Lego. I mean, eventually like the Lego Batman movie and the Lego Lego Ninjago movie came out. And those were more of the kind of like, almost like straight to DVD type movies that you might've expected using a Lego aesthetic. But the first Lego movie just had so much heart and was just so like, exciting and 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 mind-blowing to me and i wanted that from this and i didn't realize that till afterwards what do you do you guys have any thoughts on that yeah i think the lego movie overall like if you were to compare them uh i think the lego movie if you were to strip away its property elements which is like an impossible thought experiment because how do you strip away the Mario plot elements from a Mario movie? Mm -hmm. But if you strip all that away, like I think the writing in the Lego movie is just sharper. Um, And I think you're right. There's a lot more heart to the script. Um, So, but I think Mario is a stronger film that leans into its property more like Mario Mm -hmm. is full till like 110% to Mario. Lego movie is like 85% to Lego, but also leaves 15% room for like a a lot of other Batman, Batman narrative stuff, like other things going on. That's fair. And that's definitely a criticism I had of Lego movie as we, when you and I revisited it for this show is that was a little jarring. Joe, what do you think, Joey? 
Yeah, and I, I have not seen a Lego movie, so I'm not going to have oh, an informed okay. comparison. But uh, I do think when I reflect on what Mario was trying to do, uh, it definitely had a lot of subtle references stacked underneath some very in-your-face references. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I really, one of my biggest uh, areas of, of enjoyment and passion for Nintendo is music. And so I'd love to talk about at some point yeah. all the musical references that I just kept picking up on that I'm sure the majority of the audience didn't understand the connection to the specific game or the specific yeah. moment in the game. So it, it, it added to the enjoyment I had as a lifelong <laughs> fan. Um, and I do think that there is an element that Mario was trying to set up what comes next. And I'm sure we'll talk yeah. about that with the end credit scene and a few other aspects, but uh, I think they had a tough road to walk with this because if they get too plot heavy, they're going to lose some yeah. of the audience. That's just here for the the ride and enjoying what Mario is. Um but if they stray too far away from that, then then they're not going to be able to set up for what comes next. So I think they yeah. had to kind of stick within the sandbox they built in order to set the foundation for what they're planning in the future. They were really trying yeah. to like thread the needle between something like a Sophie's Choice and a Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to to their credit, this was an extremely tall order. Yeah. And I feel like there was like, I don't want to say there was no way they could have like, gotten like done it a hundred percent correctly um there's just too many there people are too precious with mario and like my us all included and like and so when, when i i'm gonna nitpick a lot i'm sure we'll all be nitpicking some things but like i i do i do admire the like the this sounds so condescending i don't know how to say it in a different way i admire the attempt it was like it's really it's a hard thing to try to do and i just i guess i just wanted I just felt like by a comparison, Lego movie was like funnier and smarter, smarter and riskier while also leaving plenty of like room for chaos for and silliness for kids. Yeah. Um, and it's fair. Yeah. When we get into the development, I think it'll kind of clarify why the movie is the way it is. And I don't know. I don't know if this helps diagnose it either. It's like I've I've never been like a illumination fan like i don't despicable me does nothing for me minions do nothing for me and i and i like to think i'm someone who can watch kids movies and really enjoy them so i don't think it's like me specifically i they just don't they just don't really do it for me as much um interesting i i've become a bit more of an illumination <laughs> fan despicable me despicable me is a little hit or miss for me but um we've really enjoyed the sing movies they're very popcorn heavy movies very much pulling yeah. from pop culture pop music um but they're fun and they're really vibrantly animated mm-hmm. and we've just enjoyed them for what they are when we've seen them so I, that's why i was excited that they were doing the mario movie because i feel mm-hmm. like they had an ability to tell a very fun story in a very beautifully animated world and i think they hit it out of the park for both of those i i think definitely Absolutely. When it comes to the animation, I'm not as like I'm not as into like the story. But again, as we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about, it's just like I, I, at a certain point, like what what can you do? Like there's one of these it's one of those things where like I just I'll just sound like a one of those people on Twitter who just like blab about the things they don't like without actually offering any like helpful. Like it's not like I know how to fix the movie necessarily. <laughs> I haven't sat I haven't sat enough and digested it enough to say that but like I, you're not a big time hollywood fixer no no and if i was i don't think i would want the tall order of to fix no. this movie um but yeah aaron well, let's uh let's segue into the development 
Yeah, I'll just say while we were talking about Illumination, uh, same for me. I've seen probably most of the Illumination films uh, and they're kind of hit or miss in terms of like plot and writing, but uh, they always look great, especially Mm -hmm. the newer ones. So I knew when Illumination got it that it would look really good. Um, I wasn't so sure about the writing because something like Secret Life of Pets is kind of definitely a miss. Uh, but I agree with Joey Singh. Those movies are actually pretty clever and kind of fun. Singh does look good. I've seen like part of Singh. I don't remember why. Maybe I was around a kid. <laughs> but like that movie looks like I would enjoy it. And one of these days I'll sit down and I'll actually watch the first one. It's fun. They're Painful. not like A pluses, <laughs> but they're like solid, like entertaining. Sing is one of those movies that I've heard from a lot of like coworkers and friends that have like kids that are just like, you know, I had to watch this one with my kid and it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, I would, uh, yeah. So I'd like to see it. All right. Let's uh, talk about how we got here to this wonderful Super Mario Brothers film. Uh, So we mentioned earlier that there was another Super Mario Brothers film, which uh, was the 1993 version uh, with John Leguizamo and uh, Bob Hoskins, right? Yeah. And Dennis Hopper as as Bowser. Um, Actually, so I don't even King think Koopa. he was na- King Koopa. Yeah, it's oh, not King even named Koopa. Bowser. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah. So that was obviously a, a critical and a commercial failure. Um, probably damaged the Nintendo brand quite a bit. And so I think they're after- doing all right. They're doing they're okay now. I think they but were doing I mean, all right like the day after, to be probably. honest. <laughs> I guess. But it made them very wary of yeah, licensing sure. their properties for film. Uh, which is a shame because, you know, people have talked about it forever, but mm-hmm. Nintendo has so many properties that I think would be great for film. We got Metroid, we got Zelda, don't, we got mm, you know, mm, Mario. Mm-mm. Okay. Me- I don't want Metroid anywhere near a movie screen. And we'll we'll, we'll get it. I, I want to, I meant to say this earlier. There's a section. I want to do this after we talk about like the plot of the movie. I do want to like park on like, well, how do we feel about yeah. other Nintendo properties? going anyway i have very very strong thoughts about metroid you don't want to watch illuminations metroid i absolutely (laughs) do not want to watch that man that metroid song and dance number is gonna be fantastic oh Oh my god i I want like i don't know (laughs) i want like samus and mother brain dancing the bad romance (laughs) yeah oh my god i i want like paul thomas anderson's metroid or something Yeah. Um, according to Shiguro Miyamoto, the great Miyamoto, uh, the idea for a new Mario film came from bringing their older games to the virtual console and other services. So they were seeing this resurgence in people playing old Mario games, getting back to the roots of Mario. And so it came to them that maybe now would be a good time for a film, uh, which is actually pretty, uh, pretty spot on because the Switch is their like greatest selling console ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most of the people that I know who own Switches uh, also have kids and their kids play on it a lot. So I think compared to their last couple entries, I don't think we've seen anything uh, as kid friendly in terms of consoles since the Wii. If so you'll... I think yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, so I think a lot of kids, uh, the Switch generation are getting into those old games uh, yeah. in a way they weren't with yeah. like the Wii U or the Wii. For sure. And if you'll allow me the glass half empty perspective, I think Nintendo saw that or was reminded that people are going to pay tons of money to replay their games on every console. That's <laughs> actually so I think they could definitely make a lot of money and we'll get into hey, that because they are. It's a, a subscription point. now. You're not pay, is, paying for the games. You're subscribed to the service. It's different. That, yeah. that is that is true. But tell me and, and I'm, I'm make I'm criticizing myself too or actually maybe complimenting myself and all of us if they had announced like hey mario 64 
you can play it on the Switch. Like, there's no Nintendo 64 Virtual Console. There's no, like, the Super Mario 3D All-Stars. But it's, like, Super Mario like 64, you can play it on Switch, handheld. But you got to pay $60 for it. Absolutely not. Absol- no. Absolutely, I would have. <laughs> no. I would not have done that. No. no. I would have. I would have done it. <laughs> I'm not joking. I would have done it. I know. I believe you because you're an insane person. Well, <laughs> I mean... I mean, Joey and I combined have put have given Nintendo so much money up for games that they've already like released on other consoles and stuff. But yeah, as someone who bought a Japanese N64 <clears throat> copy of Mario 64 just to have it while I was in Japan. Yeah, I don't think I would have spent 60 bucks for it on Switch. <laughs> I, I, I own that one a few too many times in systems that have come out more recently. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think All Stars was definitely what got me. But yeah, 60 for one would have been a bit tall order. Th- this yeah. is just kind of like a spur of the moment kind of ask. And I'm not trying to put like a lot of pressure on both of you. But I, I have a pitch for us to do an episode, Aaron, and for you to be a guest on it. Joey, I want to do Super Mario 64 DS. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be interesting. Because I think that, that that game actually improves on Mario 64 in many ways that I I actually miss when I replay Mario 64. But except I, for the I, controls. Except for the controls. Like I wouldn't say <laughs> I don't think I would say it's better. I would say it's like an awesome compliment to the to the game. Anyway. Yeah. And it has that like fun blackjack mini game. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. played that a lot on car rides. Anyway, um, sorry to interrupt. Anyway, so speaking of beautiful animation, um, I when I read this, I was very curious uh to know how, how it would have gone. Um, but producers tried recruiting Sony Pictures Animation's Hotel Transylvania director and director of many other things, Samurai Jack. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, why should you lead with Hotel Transylvania? <laughs> no, I mean, that's listen, that's what Wikipedia had. But uh, okay. Samurai Jack, many Fair. other things. Um, Gedney Tartarovsky, is that right? I you never, I think you did it better than I could. Um, who, like, as a director of animation, all of his movies look beautiful um i've seen hotel transylvania like probably all of them at work because i work at a school uh and honestly with the sound off versus with the sound on sound on not great movies sound off (laughs) if you're just watching them and imagining what the characters are saying beautiful films Hmm. um so i'm really curious what this movie would have been like had they secured him as a director or have Um, you had you watched the movie without listening to the dialogue also you know (laughs) There no. was one there was one line that made me laugh quite a lot. Uh, but other than that, I could have probably imagined funnier dialogue. Yeah. Um, Nintendo and Illumination started discussions about a film uh, in 2016. That was after Miyamoto met the founder, whose name I do not know. Um, knowing that uh, that if they felt they could not work, they could easily walk away. So they started this relationship saying like, hey, let's collaborate on a Mario movie. But if either of us feel like it's not working, we don't have to continue. Uh, but it wound up working, and here's where we get into why the movie might not appeal to certain people in terms of like writing aesthetic. The writers were formerly of Teen Titan Go. Uh, have either of you seen Teen Titan Go? Uh, I've seen a few episodes. Yeah, same. Also, I think one of them worked on Lego Movie Two, which I will okay. note is not as good as Lego Movie One. But I that's an mm. interesting connection. That Teen Titans yeah. Go is trash. Like I'll just say it. It's garbage. Oh. <laughs> I don't um, remember feeling that way, but I also didn't watch much of it. Teen Titan, Teen Titans is good, right? Yeah. Original Teen Titans. Uh, Teen Titans Go is like very like bubbly trash. Okay, um, it's just not good. However, they wanted their work on the film to be the opposite of the irreverent Teen Titans Go. 
they were aiming to develop a faithful adaptation of the games, which had not been done before, um, and wanted to create something more cinematic and more emotional than Teen Titans Go!, which I guess they succeeded in that, but to what degree we'll talk about. Okay. Um, so again, like if this movie feels not quite as heartfelt, look at the writers. They were writing fucking Teen Titans Go. <laughs> um, so honestly, that does explain a lot. Honestly, I think this movie is better than it has any right to be because of that. Um, let's spend a couple minutes talking about the voices controversies because there's sure. two of them. Uh, we've got some Chris Pratt controversy and Seth Rogen controversies. Oh, mm-hmm. shall we dive in? Who would like to take these? I'll just say quickly that I didn't mind Chris Pratt. Um, I very much minded Seth Rogen. I hated him as Donkey Kong. <laughs> also, <laughs> we should say like so. All this started because it came out that Chris Pratt, after he was cast, announced that he would not be doing like a voice. He would just be Chris Pratt. Uh, and Seth Rogen say this, said the same thing about Donkey Kong. People reacted very poorly to that. They believe that those characters should have voices more emblematic of, you know, their game performances. But after seeing the finished product, I agree with you, James. I mm-hmm. thought Chris Pratt was fine. He has kind of like a Brooklyn accent. Um, Seth it Rogen, worked. I, I was surprised at how much it worked. I, I I was ready to like dislike it, not because of Chris Pratt. I don't really care about him as a person. It's just I was just... I was going to be worried about how you're going to voice Mario when Mario is, you know, limited with his dialogue usually. And it's like, I thought he did a good job. It didn't, didn't bother me at all. What did you think, Joey? I agree. I I think that Charles Martinet has just nailed such an iconic voice for Mario limited as it is. It's not a very uh, dialogue heavy character or role. Um, So I think, in hindsight, that would have been a very interesting transition for him to have a full movie script to voice had he been cast for that part. Um, I will say when I saw the casting decision for Chris Pratt, I did do a bit of an eye roll just because I feel like he's in everything now. And I think he's pretty similarly voiced in all the voice acting parts he did, but um, had low expectations for the Mario voice acting, but I thought Chris did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Seth Rogen though, thumbs down, at least for me. Yeah. And I don't know uh, if that's being like precious with Donkey Kong as the character, but I just, it just, it's got his, his damn laugh. It's his, it's like, and I like, I like Seth Rogen in some things. I just, it was so distracting, but I also, it will get into, I think I have an issue with Donkey Kong being in this movie. Okay. Mm. Uh, I just, it, like Chris Pratt's voice kind of matches the character of Mario in terms yeah. of like the connecting them together. Seth Rogen's normal Seth Rogen voice and what Donkey Kong looks like, there's just such a dissonance to it. Uh, it, it just didn't at all work for me. Mm-hmm. For, for me, I think it worked up until the laugh happened. It's interesting you said that, yeah. Jimmy, because yeah. when the laugh happened, I was so pulled out of it. Like, immediately, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's Seth Rogen. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, it's distracting. It was just very yeah. distracting. Yeah. Um, other voicing stuff, Charlie Day originally voiced his lines with a much thicker uh, New York accent, but he was told to uh, redo it. Uh, he wasn't too happy about that. Oh, I, see, I, I thought his his voice acting was good, too. I thought yeah. his was good, too, but originally he had a very different take on Luigi. Really? I, I liked all the voice acting except the Kongs, actually. I thought Fred Armisen was annoying as Crank. Fred Armisen was awful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That was my least favorite character in the movie, unfortunately. Yeah, so annoying. Uh, I could, I would probably get behind that. Him and Do- Donkey Kong kind of like tied for most annoying. 
Something interesting also is that actors often recorded their lines with multiple different wordings uh, and multiple different ways. None of them were given a full script and none of them knew the overall plot to the movie. Yeah. Um, so they would do line readings and not even know if it was going to make it in the film or not. I don't know anything about like filmmaking when it comes to like animated movies and things like that. But like, God, I just it, it's it's so common that people like don't even really know the plot of the movie when they're or plot of a video game when they're doing video game voice acting, too. Sometimes it depends. Yeah. Like, I, obviously, that's not like the naughty dog way, but like. I'm just a fan, like, get these characters in a room together. Like, get these actors in a room together. Like, one of the best things about Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill as Batman and Joker is they would often record in the same room together. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think it adds a lot. And I, and I, I get, maybe this movie didn't need necessarily need that, but, like, I just can't help but wonder if you get a little bit more heart if you put the actors in a room together so they can build off each other. Yeah, or they just hate each other, and it really compromises the performance. Maybe I guess it's. I mean, it's it's like you need to accommodate actor schedules, and animated movies are easier to do that because you can just have someone come to the studio one day and do their dialogue in isolation, and then go back to filming some other movie that they're working on. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that setup works so well for Arrested Development season four. Just bring oh it one at a time. That's a, that's <laughs> a great point. Like that. Like, I can't, how often does that happen with live action stuff? I guess, what a bad idea. I know, I know. Um, But yeah, so moving on to the reception, like we were talking about, uh, it's received kind of mixed reviews. Um, People are saying that it's either the best video game adaptation, which I think it's pretty high up there, or it's a soulless corporate cash grab, or somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I would say it's neither of those things, neither of those extremes. I was I was uh, looking through other high grossing or just other uh, video game adaptations, and I would say there's probably like three that I enjoyed more than this movie. And again, I, again, I like this movie um, fine enough, but like I would say, I think I liked Sonic Two more. Still uh, haven't seen that. Me I, too. I think I liked po- I liked Pokemon Detective Pikachu more. Um, also great. That was just surprising to me. Like, I think that's part of it is like, I, I didn't know what to expect. And I was just very surprised how much I liked it. And I guess this, this doesn't really count, but Pokemon, the first movie, I also like more. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it counts though. It's like, I, why not? yeah, I was thinking about that too. I, I think as a standalone video game movie, <laughs> I'm going to count it as a video game movie. Pokemon, the first movie is probably the best narrative out of any video yeah. game movie that's happened. Um, I also had Detective Pikachu is one that I think is a standalone, the plot and the characters mm-hmm. and the, the writing was a bit mm-hmm. better, especially in terms of some of the jokes and just the, the character building. Yeah. Um, but Mario, I just overall had fun with, even though I, there mm-hmm. wasn't a lot of jokes that I really laughed at. Mm-hmm. I just enjoyed the experience. Yeah. And I, I'm really looking forward to revisiting it. Um, that said, if someone told me by some higher power that I was never allowed to watch the Mario movie again, I wouldn't lose sleep over it. It's a very specific divine punishment. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I'd prefer that over some of the other options. Um, Um, But regardless of what you think of it, it is now the highest grossing video game movie of all time. And I'm not surprised. I don't think any of us are surprised, right? Like uh, this movie honestly could have been like legitimately that like all three of us agree bad and it still would be doing this well. Yeah. It was, it didn't matter. I think it would do well. I do think though, 
the the vast disconnect in terms of the critic reviews and the audience reviews, especially if you look at Rotten Tomato, mm-hmm. I think that's a factor in how well it's doing because the audience is loving it. And I think word of mouth is really big for the continued yeah. success of how many people are still going to see this movie a week or two after it came out. Um, so I, I agree. I think it still would have sold a lot of tickets, but I think it's selling as many as it did because it's resonating with the audience so well. Yeah. And like the double uh, like attack of like having adult Mario fans and kids that like like kids movies and like Mario 2, like you're going to hit so many people. I mean, I'm sure there's so many like dads and moms dragging their kids who don't even know Mario to look at this movie because they're like, yeah, sit down. You're going to like it. Uh, it's a kid's yeah. movie. It's Mario. You know, it's like you're, you're um, not even there for the kid. You're there for yourself. <laughs> I think yeah. it can't be understated how important uh, for like AAA blockbuster releases like this, the international market as well. Oh, yeah. It hasn't uh, even come out in Japan yet. I, I think. know that's just that's what's crazy to me is it's doing as well as it is globally. And Japan is going to eat this movie up. That's going to be a huge return. Yeah, I hear they like Mario there. Something yeah. like that. I, I think I saw a few Mario's in Japan. <laughs> well, what's interesting is uh, I didn't realize how pervasive like Disney and Marvel yes. and Nintendo was until I moved to Guatemala, where that stuff is everywhere. Yep. Everywhere. They love Marvel. They love Disney. They love um, like Nintendo characters. Same with there's Japan. Bo- there's yeah, there's like bootleg stuff all over the place. There's like a Mario barbershop that's totally illegal and like violating copyright. (laughs) Like there's just all that stuff everywhere. So I like, I know in Guatemala, this movie, like everyone will see it. It'll clean up. Yeah. And Japan, I I mean, it's, it's interesting. I'd be very interested to to hear like what people in Japan think of the movie, even if if it's going to make a ton of money, like no, no, no doubt, but it'd be interesting uh, if like some, like, like their Japanese audience was like, eh, I have a Mar- Americans like, fucked ah. up Mario, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, w- I was almost, thinking yeah. about the, oh, it's sorry, a Western film studio. So the, the yeah. balance of the Western culture versus the Eastern culture is what I was thinking about. But I will say that getting kind of into like the corporate synergy side of things. I mean, Universal is doing really well yeah. with Nintendo Land and the... Uh, we went there on like a Thursday in the middle of the week and it was packed. And so people are resonating with it, despite it being a Western studio, Western company that's bringing it to the theaters. Um, Yeah. I I think Mm. it's a a interesting dynamic, but I think it still will resonate with the Japan audience. I I wonder how far, like any love for like Western culture that Japan might have, like how far it goes. I think an interesting choice for this movie, and we'll definitely dissect a little bit, was to, and I did not see this coming at all, was to like start them and end the movie in Brooklyn, like yeah. animated Brooklyn. Like, I don't, will people like not like that? I don't know. It's illumination as fuck. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I felt like too, it was also leaning into the 93 movie because they were all in on New York and that. And I feel like that's the most that any Mario property has really dug its heels into the new york brooklyn side of things other than this movie that just came out yeah i would say what i didn't understand well we can actually jump into the plot. yeah let's let's jump in let's jump into the plot and to to preface to preface like we you know this movie just came out so none of us have had the time to like sit down with the movie and take notes and all that so we're going to be following like the general plot outline that like wikipedia provides and stuff i've kind of like reorganized it a little bit in our in our outline but like we're just going to we're going to go through we're going to talk about stuff from memory. We're not going to hit like every single thing and we'll try to hit all like the thing like little 
things that we really liked, little Easter eggs and stuff, because there are a lot of Easter eggs. I think that is both great and not great. And there is I'm, I'm interested to hear like some that some of us liked, some that some of us didn't like, um, things like that. So, so great, uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, shall I kick it off? Yeah. Um, so we get an opening uh, with Big Bad Bowser. He has come to a snow kingdom, World 6, who knows? Yeah. Uh, and it is, that's actually something that I thought what they would uh, mention, and they don't. I thought it like each island would be like, oh, it's World 2. Uh, but they mm-hmm. don't call them anything really, except the it's land okay. of the Kongs. Uh, but he arrives in an ice kingdom to take its power star the king and his brave soldiers who are all penguins try and stop Bowser. Uh, but Bowser pretty much easily uh, destroys them, breathes fire. I have uh, to, I have to admit something. Uh, this was the funniest part of the movie to me. The, it was the, pretty good. The, it's a pretty the, good opening. I like, I like, I cackled with like the, uh, the, the penguin king, like being all serious, being like, take this. And then just <laughs> throwing snowballs. I thought yeah. that was really funny. And I was really like, I felt like the rest of the movie wasn't as funny as that. <laughs> it was a but, strong start. It's it definitely was, a strong start. It was. I kind of wish they hadn't released it as a trailer yeah. or preview. Cause I saw it before yeah. I went to see the movie and I, I enjoyed it, but it was not new for me. So yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it when I saw the online two minute YouTube video yeah. Didn't enjoy it as much in the movie theater as a result, though, because it was exactly the same. Fair. Oh, I uh, I didn't realize that was. See, this is why it's good. I never watch uh, any trailers or anything. That was fresh for me. Um, something that I wish that they had an Easter egg. They I wish they had in the movie. Uh, one of like the deep cut. I mean, there's some deep cut stuff in this movie. Uh, but what I would have liked a an Easter egg of is like somebody handling a baby penguin and like dropping it, like <laughs> off, off a cliff or something. <laughs> Waddle, uh, yeah, it just waddles off a cliff. The, I guess it's possible that that could have been in the movie, and I just didn't notice it because I've only seen it once. But yeah. and there's a lot. I'll have to up. watch for that next time I see it because I, yeah. I definitely will see this movie again. Yeah. Um, but so we get Bowser voiced by Jack Black, and uh, great get, job. Yeah, yeah, a phenomenal with, job. One, with one exception, I have later. I'll he's uh, he's doing a great voice, and and uh, I did read that his inspiration for the voice was Darth Vader. Uh, which I thought was interesting. So I think okay. he channels a little bit of that. Whatever, whatever he did worked. Yeah. 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 Um, and Bowser gets his hands on the kingdom's power star. He is also joined by Kamek, voiced by uh Kevin Michael Richards, who is just a real unsung hero of animated voiceover work. Yeah, he does tons of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was a great performance in this movie. Yeah. Uh he was doing a what Lou Cheney impression. Oh or no, he he was doing uh, a God. Who's the like creepy guy in all the like noir movies? Peter oh, Lorre. Oh, Peter Sorry, Lorre. No, Peter yeah, Lorre. yeah, yeah Peter, Peter Lorre. Oh, yeah, he That's is. It. I didn't. I didn't yeah. put that together. But you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So Bowser gets his hands on the Power Star, and that's what kind of kicks us off. Yeah, and we we get uh, our intro to the to the Mario Brothers uh, through a. I honestly, I, for, man, like this is a 92 minute movie or something. I thought this was a pretty lengthy intro. I might have actually wanted it to be shorter. Um, I, I don't, wanted it to be shorter. Uh, how do we feel about Brooklyn, about Bro- the Brooklyn setting to start this movie? It was also longer than I expected. I got to say, like <clears throat> 10 minutes in when we were still in Brooklyn, 
having dinner with Mario's family, which was a little bit strange. Yeah. Um, I got worried. I was like, oh no, this is going down a rabbit hole where we're going to have very yeah. handholdy intros to everything and, and they're taking their time with it. But then once they got through the pipe and into the kingdom, it just went on warp speed from there. So I thought it was a slow start. I understand why they had the start because they're trying to give enough background without yeah. going too deep. This is a good example of one of the things that I don't know how I would fix it, but I wasn't a fan. Like I, I don't, I could have done without the Brooklyn stuff in general. And even with it, like it lasted too long. And I don't think it has the emotional stage setting that it thinks it has. I just don't think it pays off. Like having Mario and Luigi save Brooklyn felt so forced. It could have just been save the mushroom kingdom, the whole like family element. And like later, like Mario and DK bond over their fathers, which felt God, that felt forced. <laughs> like, I mean, you barely get a scene with Mario and Luigi and like their dad. And it's just, I don't know. I, I, it didn't work for me really at all. Why couldn't it just be set in New Donk City? Why is it Brooklyn, New York? Right? Right? I, why couldn't it be New Donk City? It, why not? I'm, I'm actually surprised given like the kind of references to recent Mario IP uh, yeah. they had. Like, why didn't they do that? Yeah. Um, but let's talk a little more about this intro. Mm. So we get Mario and Luigi uh, who are plumbers, right? Uh, although that's contrary to what Nintendo says about them. Nintendo says that they are not plumbers, that they are adventurers, uh, which is maybe what they become by the end of the movie. Yeah. But they are plumbers and uh, they have just released a commercial. Do we want to talk about the commercial? The Well, is this one of the I mean, this is the classic Mario music. Uh, yeah. Like the first time the themes used, right? Really, it, it's yeah. from the cartoon. From yeah. The oh, Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Yeah. Um, and we have them uh, flying using the yellow capes, which is a nice fun reference to Super Mario World. I like that. Uh, but they have this really cheesy, lame commercial for their plumbing company, uh, which isn't doing so well. They say they're going to save Brooklyn. Uh, they're accosted by their old boss, who is the same character as in Wrecking Crew. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah, Foreman Spike. Foreman oh Spike. my gosh! Yep. Right, of course. Yeah, didn't connect in my mind. A lot of references. Yeah. Um, Mario and Luigi run through, or Mario runs through a construction mm -hmm. site at some point. I'm mixing up the order of things, but uh, the construction yep. site he runs through is the same layout as Mario One One. Yes. Yeah, I love that. I I realized like as it was happening, what was going on, and that kind of reference to classic platforming and the way in which he jumped through left to right through the site, I yeah. thought was brilliant. And then even like the flagpole at the end, yeah, so so smart. I, I thought it. that was great. I like that too. Um, what else happens in this intro? We get the scene with Francis the dog. It's their first plumbing job. Uh, these people are absolutely illumination characters. Th that scene is odd, isn't it? Like. In it's an, an entirely different movie. Different movie. <laughs> it's yeah. a different film. Yeah. Um, I felt like in the the commercial where they had like the woman who was calling them for help and she had the cheesy accents for the, the fake commercial. I thought that her character design looked a lot like Pauline and kind of like the more classic yeah. modern twist on yeah. Mario humanoid characters. And then the scene at which they're fixing the, the bathroom looked like it was out of Life of Pets. It was a really different <laughs> mm -hmm. art style. Mm -hmm. yeah the art style the characters the dog everything it was it was like a different film and why though like did they run out of, it's not like you can run out of ideas of things to do in the mushroom kingdom but we can all i think we can all agree that that time would have been better spent in the mushroom kingdom at least that scene at least that scene specifically i agree with you joey about the one one reference i, I it is great and, and i'm happy it was in the movie 
Yeah. So and one other ab- Easter egg I got to reference is the GameCube boot up sound. Oh yeah. On Luigi's cell phone when they Love get the that. call. That was great. I, yeah. <laughs> that was one of the, like that yeah. turned to Miranda. I'm like, that's the GameCube startup music. <laughs> <laughs> um so after they fail at this first job of theirs they go home where we have the aforementioned dinner with mario and his dad uh his dad is berating him for uh like starting this new company and not being successful and he says that the most disappointing thing is that mario is dragging his brother down with him this is also just out of a completely different movie it is it's very strange also, we get yeah. the, is this clever or incredibly stupid that Mario does not like mushrooms? I that, thought it was incredibly stupid. <laughs> thank you. That was my yeah, biggest yeah. complaint. I didn't I, like I, it at all. I get what they were trying to do, but I was like, come on, this is just so Hollywood cheesy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mario doesn't like mushrooms. The one, <laughs> one character. Yeah. 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 Uh, so we get a flood downtown in New York and Mayor Pauline is there. She's not called Pauline, but it's very clearly Pauline. It, it is, right? Like, yeah. But then just make it New Donk City. Why are we in Brooklyn? <laughs> I, agree. Um, I agree. Mario gets the idea. Actually, to... I have a theory. I have a theory on that. Okay, uh, I think I think it's an arrogance. I think it's a Western air. We, we, it's it's American American company trying to put their stamp on a world beloved Japanese property. And I and for that reason, if that's what it is in my mind, in my head canon, then I really, really am anti that choice. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't really see an excuse for it. Otherwise, like I don't I think you could have done other ways to set up this movie without having without like hitting us over the head with Brooklyn. Yeah. I think narratively though, since Mm. this was like the, the origin story quote origin story, quote unquote for Mario, I think it wouldn't have made sense to have all the new Donk city Donkey Kong references, given that Donkey Kong was later introduced. Cause that would have been a disconnect where, where obviously this character Pauline and the Mario universe and games has this backstory um, that just didn't fit with what they were trying to do from an origin story perspective. And I think for common audiences, everybody generally is aware that they're plumbers, that they're, they're from Brooklyn. So I think it was also just meeting the common theater going masses where they're at. How do we feel True. about this movie being an origin story? I mean, there's often like a, a discourse about like, do we need something to be an origin story? Like, do we need to see Spider-Man's origin story again? Like when everybody knows it already, like you could, I mean, everybody knows who mario is like if this movie i don't think if this movie had started in the mushroom kingdom right away and mario's just a resident there and luigi i don't think any of us would have cared whatsoever we would have been totally fine with that and i don't think the movie would have suffered for it how do we feel about because when i saw the first trailer i was excited but i was like fish out of water plot line just not again but it, it, it wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be but how do you how do you guys feel about that I think the fish out of water trope definitely stood out as, as being a little annoying to me, but I think in terms of origin stories, this one handled it better than most I've seen because they didn't really, again, I said this before, they didn't hand feed it to you. They didn't go really slow to introduce very basic concepts that anybody who knows Mario, which hopefully, you know, like what Mario is, if you're buying a ticket, um, you didn't need to be told, hey, this is a mushroom. This is a, a block that you hit underneath yeah. to have coins come out. Um, so they they handle the pacing well. I did see a, a post online that one of the Illumination guys had like shared via Twitter or something like this is the, the source material and, and reason why the blocks float. 
and I'm, I'm like, thank God they did not put that in the movie. That oh my God. Yeah. Horrible. And just, just so slow pace. So I, I think the pacing was handled well, but it was a little tropey. Yeah. I think I read the same thing as you, Joey. And the guy was like, Oh, they're made of flotanium or yes, something really stupid. Yeah. And I was like, yes, thank you. That was not in the film because yeah. my eyes would have rolled right out of my head. There was like, yeah. I think peach has like one line that explains what, po- what power ups are and that's it. And that's the way it should be. And like yeah. hitting blocks to get coins, it just happens and you just accept it. And that's how it should be. Yeah. 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 But we get Mario and Luigi leaving Brooklyn mm-hmm. because trying to save the city from this flood uh, they go down to like an underground sewer system where we get the one two music. We yes. get the one two music, uh, and there is a mysterious pipe. So what happens after they, the mysterious they get pipe is discovered? They, they sure do. Yeah, uh, and Mario ends up in uh, the Mushroom Kingdom, and we'll, we'll talk about like what happens with Mario next, and then we'll get back into where Luigi ends up. But yeah, short story: Luigi doesn't end up in the Mushroom Kingdom, unfortunately for him. He does not. Yeah. No. Um, so Mario lands in the Mushroom Kingdom. And again, this is kind of like there's mushrooms everywhere. And he's like, what is this place? And he runs across Toad immediately. Huge fan of Toad. Uh, I love Toad in this movie. More Toad. Just give me a Toad and Peach movie. I'm very fine. <laughs> a Toad and Peach road movie. I'd love that. <laughs> um um, yeah, I like uh, that, Keegan-Michael Key. Great, great voice work. Uh-uh. Yeah. I like that they spend no time in making them just like immediate friends. Um, I like that this movie moves at a pretty quick clip. Um, I didn't need like time for them to get to know each other. Like, let's just have Mario and Toby friends right away. And I thought that was for the best. Yeah. Uh, it, and 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 the movie does that a couple other times where people just kind of meet and they're like, OK, well, now you're a person in my life and let's go on an adventure together. And I think that that yeah. works. I, I I feel like I needed something, though, to like get me a little more. Um, again, I'm not saying like I needed to be like um, moved by this movie, like emotionally, but like I just I don't. And like the whole family in Brooklyn thing didn't really do it for me. And so maybe I wish they would have spent a little bit more time of like Mario and Peach bonding. Like they 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 do try to do a little bit of that. And Peach talking about how she doesn't know where she came from. Um, but I, I wish they would have leaned more into a Mario Peach relationship as opposed to like a Mario relationship with with Luigi and his family and Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, I, I don't again, I don't really know how exactly I would have fixed that. But anyway, um, maybe another montage. Yeah, maybe a montage. <laughs> so uh, Toad takes Mario to um, Peach's castle and like just kind of like the castle town, I guess you could say in a way. And like everything is just it's hard. Maybe someone can do a better job explaining this than me. But like the way it's set up, it's like set up like a Mario movie. And it's just like this. It's almost like an uh it's like a visual overload in like the best way possible. I mean, it's just like, it's got the aesthetic of super Mario and maybe more, you know, more so like the modern look like Mario 3d world and, and, um, and like, you know, new super Mario brothers and stuff. And it's like almost like the kingdom, like the castle is like on a mountain and like, you know, you can just like jump on blocks and buildings and stuff to get up there. And, you know, there are toads that are like, you know, hitting blocks to get coins and, I mean, there's there's a lot going on visually, and I think it works really well. And they don't stop and like explain every like you were saying, they don't just explain everything because you don't need to. It's almost like um, if there was a 
like castle city level in super mario 3d world like that this is what it would be like there's a lot of verticality to it there's a lot of pipes there's a lot of moving platforms uh it looks like something you could play as a level which i think is very cool totally it was so fun to watch and i just wanted to go explore that in mario Mm. odyssey yeah me too walk around and see it i also love i mean chock full of references as they're going through that couple minute scene i love the shop that was selling antiques and it had yes. like the, <laughs> the the eight-bit items it was it was great so smart the music yeah. box the, yes. it, was, was there a, so the flute right like they uh-huh. were like what do i do with this and she's like you just play it or i forgot what the line was but yeah, yeah. so good yeah very neat um and so yeah so mario was taken to meet peach and Let's let's just park on Peach for a second. I would say Peach is probably the best part about this movie. And I think at least you agree, Joey. You, yeah, I think, I, you t- I think you told me that before I saw it. I totally agree. Yeah, I think Peach overall, like she did such a good job with the voice. The character yeah. was just fun. Um, yeah, I'd say overall Peach and Bowser were probably my favorite. But Peach was was great in this movie. I think they did a great job of fitting her into the standard Mario narrative of you have to go save the princess. But they're also very aware of how many different games and situations she's been in. And, and she was, she was a lot of fun and definitely could hold her own. So I, I thought she was a great character. I was worried that they might make her a bit too much of a damsel in distress. And they yeah. definitely had elements of that, that are Mario tropes, but overall yeah. didn't stray too far down that path. Well, they give her agency, right? I mean, she's not like kidnapped and forced to like marry Bowser. She's like, I will marry you to get this out of it. I mean, then obviously she has like a, ace up her sleeve if we'll get into so it's not like she's yeah. just being like pushed around or and she's not baking like any peach. cakes for anybody and then disappearing for the rest of the game you know yeah <laughs> i liked peach quite a bit i liked how she definitely had agency she wasn't just a victim um i did feel like they could have toned down a little bit on her just being perfect at everything um especially in comparison to mario because it just makes him look like such a bumbling idiot um <laughs> Whereas like blame the fish out of water trope though. Like that's the only reason they had her be like that is because someone needs to teach Mario things. Yeah, true. Um, but I I thought her performance was great. I thought she was very fun. Um, just what a badass she is. I really enjoyed. We'll we'll Um, get into it too with the story, but I think the, uh, origin that they put in for her, I would have loved to dive into that deeper because they, they kind of have her show up in the mushroom kingdom as baby peach, which was another great reference. (laughs) And then her having grown up in the kingdom, it makes sense how well she knows the mechanics, what's going on, that that kind of builds to her being that perfect character, as you mentioned. Um, would love to have kind of explored that more. I feel like that was a little bit too quick. Yeah. yeah. And I and I so on one hand, I think diving into that would have done a lot for me. Like I that's like a good a good example of something I think that could have been like something to get me more emotionally invested that they just didn't do. On the other hand, I could have seen them being like, I'm from Brooklyn too. And it's like, <laughs> Oh my God. No Brooklyn. <laughs> that's where I grew up. Oh man. Yeah. So yeah. Um, like what, all right. So what happens then? Like there's a peach kind of explains very quickly. And this is where it's like, some of the things that happen in this are, I wouldn't say nonsensical. They're just kind of like, you just got to accept it. It's like well, Bowser's we should... coming. We need help. Let's get the Kongs to help us. Yeah, we should kind of explain character motivation. Mm-hmm. So Mario is wanting to save Luigi. Yeah. We haven't talked about where Luigi is yet, but mm-hmm. Peach wants to save the kingdom from Bowser. And those two kind of purposes cross paths when they. Yeah. Cross 
And she's like, I'm going to go to the jungle kingdom to get the Kongs to help me. And I'm just going to go no matter what uh, you can come to if you like pass this training course. Right. And training course, uh, Peach runs this training course, which is just a bunch of, you know, it's it's floating block. It's like someone created it in Mario Maker. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's it's great. It's an awesome sequence. I actually wish that there had been more action sequences that utilized this specific aesthetic. Um. What do you guys Agreed. think? I, yeah. I uh I was waiting for them to do the course together, uh almost like you're playing co-op with someone. Uh Oh, and then you can like, pick her up and throw her. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, maybe not that. Maybe not that. Or like they're fighting for the crown uh from yeah. the world. Exactly. Yeah. No, but I I thought that would be cool to see them doing it cuz you know, you play the games in co-op, uh but they didn't. Uh yeah. but I did love that sequence. Uh I wish there was more like block running sequences. We get a fun sequence later in the movie with Donkey Kong kind of running through the city. Uh, but I would have liked more classic Mario Maker-esque like block courses for them to go through. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it it definitely felt like Mario Maker. It also really felt like Smash Brothers stages. And like, even yeah. we'll get to the yeah. Donkey Kong fight. There are certain moves that were definitely yeah. pulled right from Smash Brothers animations and some of Peach's animations when she was running through the course uh, felt like that. Yeah. Um, but I will say just getting to the comment about the the two of them teaming up for that shared purpose. I do think that that led to the best line of the movie, which was when they're about to leave to go to the jungle kingdom and all the toads are like, who's this guy about Mario and her turning and saying, he's unimportant. Not important. <laughs> Not important. That, that was, was a great. good line. I, I laughed out loud at that one. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> But yeah. at the same time, like, why is she, why does she hide it from them? She could have been like, "It's Mario," and they'd be like, "Who?" <laughs> I uh, now that I think about it, maybe that was a joke at how they weren't explaining everything to everybody, how they weren't yeah, overly okay. using dialogue to overly explain. It's just like, why take the time to stop and explain who the hell he is when you we know who he is? Like they, you know, let's just move yeah, on. Yeah. Maybe it was a meta joke. I don't know. I kind of like yeah. it as that. Either way, it worked. I thought it was great. <laughs> yeah, great, great. And I don't remember if this is the first. No, actually, I'm sure there's others. Like, There's a handful of needle drops in this movie that I also thought was going to bother me if they did it. Like we get like Mr. Blue Sky. I think we get uh, take on me later. And like I I really if you had told me beforehand that that would happen, I would be like, oh, my God, like just roll my eyes. But I, I don't think it bothered me. I wouldn't say I thought it ever really like worked really well. I guess the take on me is like, what the hell? It's just like a shit, like a quick driving sequence. I, I don't really understand the need for it. But there are other needle drops that I think it, it doesn't really change the movie very much. It's not bad. Yeah, I think it definitely in those areas came victim to the 80s, 90s culture mm. nostalgia that's just taken over, like Stranger Things and all these other IPs that do all these references. That's a good point. I did just see today the uh, Take On Me was put in the movie specifically because that was the top song the year that Mario first came out in 85. Oh, um, interesting. So Wow. Yeah, okay. I that was... I like well, that. Well, then I like its inclusion, but I think its use was forced. Like, or like the where they used it, I, I feel like you could have done it somewhere else. The, yeah. it, was, yeah. it was weird. It's kind of like a nothing sequence where they just get in a car and drive or like they get in a car. It's, it's a card sequence. Anyway, more yeah. on the cards later. I, I am glad, though, that they kept it limited to like music <laughs> or other things that were not distracting because i feel like when i look back at like a wreck it ralph or other ip yeah. that do all the references there's times where it's like 
it just takes you out of the movie. It's just such a forced in reference. And and there's definitely a lot of Nintendo references, which I thought was appropriate, but sometimes a bit much. Yeah. Um, but it, it didn't stray too far into other pop cultures of the era. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, Peach and Mario head off um, and we'll, we'll check in with Luigi for a little bit. So as we mentioned, Luigi is in the Darklands uh, and he meets Bowser. He is kidnapped by Bowser and Kamek. And I mean, so Bowser's whole thing is he wants to marry Peach. Uh, he, and if she does not agree to marry him, he's going to use like the superstar to destroy the Mushroom Kingdom. And he views Mario as a threat um, because he is like, also an object of her affection so he thinks because he's very insecure and jealous um, well also mario is a human and right. peach is the only human we know of in this true this world. so naturally he's very threatened uh and he is basically just going to imprison luigi and use Louis him having luigi as a way to get mario to do whatever he wants and and in turn like just get him out of the picture Yes. And um, at this moment, can I tell you my funniest line of the movie, which is when Bowser is torturing Luigi and he demands to know, do princesses find Mario attractive? And Luigi's response is they do if they have good taste, uh, which made me laugh out loud. And <laughs> what I a good was brother. A yeah, he's a very good brother. We should say the like brother really brother relationship in this movie is like weirdly the emotional core yeah um we'll get to whether or not that pays off later uh, i mean but, uh, yeah i think it works fine i just i feel like the movie thinks that the writers think that the brooklyn stuff and the family stuff in the brooklyn's like intro like fuels the emotional connection between mario and luigi but i i don't think it really does i think it just does it based does. on our familiarity with the characters and wanting them to be happy you could have excised their family entirely, but left Brooklyn in and just had them be like these chummy brothers who aren't super successful. Yeah. And I would still feel like Mario and Luigi have the same depth to their relationship. Yeah. yeah. We just don't need mom and dad and other people. Yeah. So I think I hear what we're saying is they should have just had the 93 intro. Yeah. That's what they should have done. <laughs> I think so. You know why? You know, if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, yeah, just do the that movie over again, but the right way. Just have better animation, call King Koopa Bowser, and there you go. Yeah. Um yeah. I, I don't know where else to mention. I forgot when it exactly it happens in the movie, but it doesn't really matter. Uh so there I'm just gonna say I don't like this. Uh this is a classic. We have Jack Black in our movie, so we need him to sing something. Um, mm. I do not like this peach song. It seems so, so forced to like get a song in a kid's movie, an original song. Um, I did not like it. What do you guys think? Didn't yeah. like it. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah. I wasn't um, a huge it, fan of it. It it definitely felt like they were trying to make a meme for the movie to exactly. help with the online yep. conversation. Um, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but I didn't like it. It just it's it takes me straight out of the movie. Yeah. Um, and I, I did love the yeah. scene where he has Kemet come with him to the piano and jam with him. I do like that. that. Was great. I, I love that. Love yeah. that. that was another really good reference to Mario music as well, woven into a really well done scene. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the stupid ass conservative discourse about how Nintendo's grooming our kids because Kamek was wearing lipstick. Oh, my mm. God. I'm surprised. I'm surprised Tucker Carlson hasn't talked about it yet. Oh, he will. Don't worry. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That's a sour things. I just, I'm like honestly surprised that it hasn't been talked about by 
stupid ass Fox News. Yeah. 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 They got a few distractions going on right now. I guess. Just a couple. They're really used to talking about stupid ass shit. So <laughs> like like the green M&M. If they can talk about the green M&M, why wouldn't they talk about the Mario movie? <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Um, uh, so we get, uh, should we move on to the Jungle Kingdom? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So the Jungle Kingdom is where we get the aforementioned, um, what is it, Take On Me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? They like meet uh, a Kong. I don't even think it's Funky Kong. Or it's is not it? Funky Kong. Yeah. It's just not, a, he's in the... He's in yeah. the audience, and I think he may be on the Rainbow Road sequence, but he's yeah. not at the gate. Yeah. Like, so who, why not just this gone? Yeah, why why are they picking Funky Kong? Or like, Diddy? I don't know. God. Uh, but we get this like slick scene of them racing through Kong City, uh, which is like the land where carts are from in this world, I guess. Uh, I did think it was really cool when they like flew off the ramp and you just see the car dip under the screen and then you hear the pop of the um, hang glider uh, mm-hmm. glider and he just like flies over. Love that. Uh, I, I did not describe that very well for a non-visual medium. It's OK. But... I, I, I'm just going to say I the Jungle Kingdom stuff just feels so forced it's like they're just trying to think of i mean maybe they wanted to come up with a way to put donkey kong in the movie at the beginning for like from the get-go and i i just i just don't feel like it was very well thought out it's just like we need the help of someone okay the kongs all right let's go to the let's go there and also this is where carts are which is like Mm. another forced i mean what i'm not upset in at in general about we'll get into this in a little bit about Mario Kart references. When I saw the trailer and like they're on rainbow road, I was like, hell yeah. But like, it's like, here's where the Kongs are. And this is where the carts are. And a couple things that happened later with regard to Mario Kart, both the, the, the jungle kingdom and Mario Kart stuff felt like, I don't know. It just, it yeah. just did. It just didn't really work for me. It felt it, artificially smashed together. If this was yeah. by far the most artificial part of the movie to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think narratively it felt like a safe quote unquote safe space for them to introduce more combat with the power ups in the fight mm -hmm. with Donkey Kong. I think though that it lacked gravitas. Like I I think it would have been better if they had made it more of a conflict other than just you're going to fight in order for us to join your army. I think had like Donkey Kong been some type of villain like he was in the original game. um, I don't know if I would have said like he should have captured peach or something like that but if there's yeah. some type of conflict more than just trying to prove yourself to join the fight against bowser i think it would have worked a little better yeah. i w- i prefer what you just said though like i would have rather have had him they like he could the, uh, kidnap the... toad or, or yeah. i think peach is fine like you just you land in the jungle kingdom just get rid of cranky entirely in his annoying bullshit and have donkey kong capture peach and mario just has to like do beat donkey kong and then earn his respect or he, ca- he captures peach not as like a she's a damsel it's more just like a hey this is actually a test for your boy mario um well, you gotta earn my respect i don't also, know i think the idea of the kong army is kind of stupid um yeah. i would have preferred them just wanting donkey kong only like donkey kong's help and the logic yeah. being like if anyone could fight bowser probably donkey kong like in a one-on-one fight yeah, um, I didn't feel like we needed the army. I thought that was a little silly. Yeah, uh, and just get Fred Armisen the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so we get this like DK versus. So before that happens, they lay a little bit of groundwork 
of where I mentioned before about how Mario and DK have father issues, which don't get me started with that. But like, there's like a, a little bit where like Cranky's just not taking DK seriously. And he's kind of, he's kind of like a dad, what the hell? Or like, I don't know. He's like it, a Nepo baby. I don't know. It's just, it, it's hard for me to even articulate what what's happening in the movie with regard to this, but like Donkey Kong is like a spoiled shitty teenager. That's I like guess. his character. Yeah, I, I guess. And then like he fights Mario and, and the sequence has like some interesting moments. Like obviously, you know, the aesthetic is trying to look back to like the similarity to, to the original Donkey Kong. Um, and so, I mean, that's neat, but I was too distracted with how much not fun I was having with Seth Rogen and Fred Armisen and kind of just the po- where, where the plot was going at that point. That At this point, I was just kind of waiting for the plot to move and just hoping that there would be some like Easter eggs that could pique my interest while I, while it was the, the plot, the nonsensical plot was moving. How did yeah. we feel about um, Cat Mario? Loved well, it. I, I loved that. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm glad it. they did that. That, that was like... I'll just say like, I mean, the Rainbow Road stuff in general, I liked uh, the Cat Mario, like in terms of like references to new ish Mario games that you can buy on Switch and pay Nintendo money for. Like, I did not mind the Cat Mario because Cat Mario was has always been an awesome idea. Yeah. And so I, I yeah, did not mind it. However, so unless does anyone have anything else to say about this fight? Not really. No. I'll just say the worst line in the movie is Fred Armisen saying, oh, oh. he ate the tiny one. Like that just oh, felt yeah. so oh, yeah. for the common audience. Very, very. Could have just they had already it. Yeah. built what the mushroom did in the story. They didn't need the let me handhold you and say, oh, it's the tiny one. Yep. Agreed. Um, so. Cat Mario, I'm OK with. What happens next? I my I rolled my eyes out of my head. <laughs> Uh, this is when we get like the okay we need to all drive back to the Mushroom Kingdom and we get the the Mario Kart 8 music I did not like that <laughs> at all interesting and I what I liked even less was the cart selection part uh, where they're literally scrolling through like it's like the interface for uh-huh. Mario Kart 8 selecting your cart and I was like this is such a advertisement for mario kart 8 i hated it <laughs> i was I, like advertisement or loving reference i yeah the former uh, i think i was the exact opposite i loved it i was i loved it in. too i thought it was so clever in terms of how they in a very goofy way introduced okay we're gonna now transition to mario kart from what we've been focused on before I, I i was all in i loved it well uh, i yeah. i i liked it and appreciated it too because how else would mario get a mario themed cart uh if not customizing and building it and how would you customize it the wheels like in the games i i mean i would have been fine with they just they just had a cart that was red that looked like the cards and again i'm not i'm not objecting to the to the use of mario kart as a like a action sequence like a i'm okay with that and i was happy about it and maybe Honestly, maybe my biggest problem was like were the blatant references to Mario Kart 8, a game that is out and continuing to make Nintendo money um, and something you could buy right now. If they had done the Mario Kart 64 music or something and like and had some sort of like visual reference to the interface of like card selection. And I mean, granted, I mean, it's just character selection in that. But like 
I think it's maybe was just the reference to a new game that can make Nintendo money that took me out of it. Yeah. Well, not a new game, a, a remake that's well, continuing yeah. to sell millions of copies. Yeah. And I, I, I agree. I think this was definitely the corporate synergy side of things because even the Universal <clears throat> uh, Park ride is Mario Kart 8 and it's a uh, yeah. VR headset where you play Mario Kart. Um, so yeah, they, they definitely were trying to... J- gen up some sales and yeah reference exactly what you you're referring to and like the the you know the fact that the carts wheels will like shift for gravity purposes like like they could do in mario kart 8 and mario kart 7 i think too like totally fine with that that's like a just a visual not beating you over the head reference but like the <laughs> the menu music and and the card selection was too much for me <laughs> it's like big sigh do you think that I, yeah. they're going to take it a step further and and not to stray too far off tangent, but they still have these DLC courses coming out? I'd love to see the Mario movie Rainbow movie Road. One. Oh, yeah. track. I guess I, I guess I wouldn't mind that because then I'm just playing a game and I don't have to watch a movie like that's that's OK. <laughs> that's OK with me, I guess. Um, should, yeah, should maybe they on? will do that. Should we move on to the actual Rainbow Road sequence? Yeah, let's talk yeah. about that. Uh, yeah. So go ahead. Uh it's, it's, it's a little bit chaotic and not, not necessarily in a bad way. No. So as they're on Rainbow Road, somehow or another, Bowser gets wind that they're doing this. I think he literally spies them from binoculars, which is like, where are you even looking from? <laughs> um, but so he sets up an ambush. So Bowser's minions uh, intercept them on the Rainbow Road and then begins this kind of all out Mario Kart-esque brawl. Uh, what are some highlights from this? Love using the shells. Love using the bananas. Yeah um love that what the else? fact that there's a bunch of a huge army i don't like yeah. i wish it had just oh, been okay. like mario peach toad uh donkey kong and then just like some bowser racers like dry bones and shy guy or something like that yeah it definitely added to the chaos of the scene um overall yeah. i thought it was really well executed really fun i i did think it was interesting that a character became the blue shell yes threw me off a little bit yes. so it's been an item in the game yeah um, but um, still very fun i i saw the blue shell reference at first it really pissed me off uh because i was like oh the logic of the movie is that the blue shell goes after whoever's in first and mario's in first so the blue shell is like this big like vehicle <laughs> yeah um and it made me mad but then when he actually does become the blue shell i was like Fuck yes, like, that's what I wanted. <laughs> I, I think I, I I initially was pissed about that, but uh, yeah, I think I'm I'm fine with it. I I would actually some of the time that I would take out of the in, initial like setup Brooklyn sequence of the movie, I would make this cart sequence longer. Again, I would get rid of all the excess Kongs, and I would have like the it start like on junk like the Jungle Kingdom and have like a long like a a, a section of like it just have. I want the 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 race to traverse three areas. I think yeah, the, like the, the Rainbow the Road happens level. too fast. Mm. Like yeah, there's that cloud level in eight. Yeah, just yeah. like have have a little bit have that sequence go on a lot longer and be like that's like that could have been the biggest action set piece of the movie. Yeah, and I feel like they just rushed it. The other moments I was waiting for that we didn't get is that there's such iconic Rainbow Road music across yeah. all the games and they didn't really reference there's so, yeah. so many musical references to the game they didn't do any rainbow road music references which is i was expecting very odd choice to not do that that's a good point um yeah. so the blue shell fucks things up it knocks a hole in the uh rainbow road and mario and dk fall to their oh. seeming 
really quick uh definitely a reference to nintendo 64 rainbow road skip mario jumps oh, off a, yes. a part of the track and lands great. on another track i liked that i did that like that quite a bit yeah um so mario and dk are seemingly lost uh the kong army is kidnapped by bowser and his minions um but peach and toad escape to flee to the mushroom kingdom and warn everyone that bowser is coming mario and dk are eaten by the eel from mario 64 right is that oh, yeah. the eel from mario 64 yeah it's really big and it like is like shown quickly i feel like it did look like it though yeah 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 um, i think it was similar art style uh and maybe a mix of monstro in there too <laughs> oh yeah get, there's a big monstro energy there yeah we get uh <laughs> what i would say is probably my least favorite scene this scene sucks it's unnecessary Mario and dk together inside the yeah, eel? reminiscing about their dads. Yeah, I very <laughs> much did not like that at all. I hated it. <laughs> um, I yeah. like the way they escape though, using the barrel, the DK yeah, barrel. That was uh, fun. I thought that was very fun and clever. Yeah, yeah I did like that. I, I think it was a little forced, but at least it didn't last too long. Um, but yeah, kind of a lull right after the the action-packed Mario Kart scene. I wish that uh if you're gonna like reference old games, I wish they had had diddy and dixie come save them both if you're gonna have did if you're gonna introduce diddy and dixie i mean dixie doesn't say anything diddy is just like this lunatic fanboy of donkey kong uh wasn't really happy with their inclusion in the movie but if you are gonna have them in the movie why not have them save donkey kong as a reference to donkey kong 2 or donkey yeah. kong country 2 i don't know yeah minor You're saving thing. it for the spinoff DKOverse. well that probably will happen that we'll probably will happen now yeah, yeah. and and unfortunately going to be led by seth rogan um what's up with peach and toad when they get back uh wait so they're captured at this point right and uh they get well yeah so they get back um and bowser's castle oh, right. not is not captured towards yet. them um and this is where peach agrees to marry bowser because he's torturing toad yes mm. what was he doing was he, to toad again he kamek uh was like using magic on him oh okay. yeah 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 and well, all the toads attempt to escape i think most escape but that was part of her decision to go forward with it is is trying to protect her kingdom yeah yeah and was it before this or after this that we get the reference to mario odyssey with his wedding hat oh um i think it was right before leading into that scene yeah, yeah. it was a great reference i yeah. like that yeah i, I like, like how you too. just see the like spike barbs at first and then it kind of pans up and it's a top hat it's yeah, yeah I like that it was great I, I wonder if people who like mario but didn't play the new games like like maybe gen x people who played mario like the the other games and were just like why the hell is bowser trying to marry peach it's like bro you got to play the new games He's all yeah, about Bowser, trying to marry Peach. <laughs> Bowser has always been trying to marry or kidnap her for who knows. I don't, what I don't know if canonically he's always trying to marry Peach. Not in like the like Mario world or Mario. Uh, well, I don't think he's kidnapping her just to be friends. Yeah, I kid- think I think that may have been his focus in like the like late eighties, early nineties anime that came out. Oh, I think really? It was yeah, oh, maybe okay. Well, shows what I know. I'm not, I'm not positive on that, but I I, I want to say that he was trying to marry her in that too. I wouldn't be surprised, actually. Yeah. Okay. Either way, I mean, I'm I, I like it, it worked for me here. Um, and yeah, and so, but Peach, uh, obviously, um, so wait, let's talk quickly about some of the wedding guests. Yeah, because we we get uh yes. we get King King Bobom, we get which, uh King cool. Boo, King Boo, naturally. Um, not, not there, that was the only Boo in this movie. I wish there were there. Were, 
They didn't have any other yeah, booze. That was. I was. Said, um, yeah. I was talking to Edgar about that, and I was like, "They are absolutely doing a Luigi's Mansion movie, and that's what they're saving the booze for." I think. I wish I shared your optimism. That sounds like very wishful thinking. As a huge Luigi's Mansion fan, I know you are. Uh, I hope you're right. <laughs> I just. I. I don't know. Like, that. That seems like way down the line, and that's too maybe, long maybe to hold the, the booze. Yeah, that'll be the Paramount Plus uh, streaming yeah. only. Short. <laughs> yeah. Listen, what Luigi I, I would listen. Would I watch a twelve episode, thirty minute each episode like Luigi's Mansion season? Of course, on Paramount Plus, <laughs> I would do that. I'd consider it. That seems too long. I think yeah, one. I, I think what one Luigi's Mansion movie would be fine. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, but Peach uh, is obviously uh, not necessarily willing to marry Bowser, and she has hidden a ice flower, which I like that reference. I thought um, that was I thought it was clever to really have it in the flower, really yeah. clever. And so she basically just like starts, oh yeah, in, in, in her bouquet, and then she freezes Bowser and just starts freezing everybody, right? Yeah, and the and the audience kills King Bobom, I think. Not not quite it yet. It was later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we okay. should we should note that all the people that Bowser has captured, so the penguins and oh, yeah. um, Luigi, uh, he plans to sacrifice them. Oh wait, to the Luma. Luma. We got to talk about the Luma. Oh, the yeah, Luma, we have to talk yeah. about the nihilist Luma. Uh, I I I generally was a fan of the nihilist Luma. I think they maybe had like maybe one too many. We get it. We know what your shtick is. Um, but overall, I was a big fan of um, it. Did do not see know, that coming. Do you know what this is a reference to? The Luma? Yeah. So Mar- it has Mario, a, it ha- besides it Mario has a, Galaxy. Well, it has a name. It's a specific Luma. Um, oh. so I did not look this up. Edgar discovered this. It has a name, and canonically, it is the oldest Luma. That oh, it's Luma, oh right. It's about it's um Luma Lee. Yeah, and so it makes sense being the oldest Luma, and if it's like as old as the galaxies are, it probably would be like I'm ready to die. <laughs> um, that seems so like a I, lot of, too much thought that went into a minor. <laughs> background I just thought character. it's interesting. It is canonically the oldest Luma, so yeah. it's probably why it just doesn't care anymore. I think the credits listed its name as Luma Lee. Yeah, I don't know if that's like canonical in Mario Galaxy, but Edgar, I remember that. Yeah. I'm, Edgar looked it up. I'm taking his word for it. I'm pretty okay. sure. Yeah. Um, that but that's that's I mean so there's some funny lines from that that one's just like kill me now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're all like hanging so over Peach, lava and Peach like freezes with her ice power. She freezes the chains that are lowering them into the lava. Yeah. Uh, but then the, I think the chains start to break, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and that's where like Mario and DK show up and they save everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, Which... a nice saving Luigi scene. Yeah, Does DK that, then set off King Bob-omb? Because DK is the one with firepower. I think I so. There definitely is like a, a fire shot from over the lava or coming in, yeah. flying in, and, and that's yeah. what sets him off. What were you going to say, Joey? I was going to say the whole setup of the slowly lowering into lava and kind of the the intensity of that. That was a surprisingly dark moment. Yeah. That kind of little bit came out of nowhere for me. It definitely, like, there are dark moments in Mario games that, that, it, it fit overall, but I was a little surprised how heavy they got with with the the sacrificing elements of that scene. Yeah, this this made me think, uh, and I've asked this to Edgar, and I've been seriously thinking about it ever since I saw the movie. But Luigi climbs up on top of the cage, and he's looking at the lava face down. Mm-hmm. The Luma lays on the Luma's back, and the lava mm-hmm. is coming 
like facing oh, face up. How would you want to die in that scenario? Facing the lava or the lava coming up and like consuming you? I because think both I, ways seem terrifying. They do seem terrifying. I think I'd rather just face it and get it over. I with. think I'd yeah, I think I'd face it. Yeah, I agree. Do you think the Luma was trying to enjoy every minute of it? Yeah. Oh my god, you're probably <laughs> yeah, right. I think you're right. Like this will be the most painful way. Yeah. Wow. That, wow. That's some dark, dark shit in a Mario movie. <laughs> I feel like the creators probably were not intending any of this stuff. And they're just like, they're just thought no. they're being funny. And we're just like, there's this movie's actually all about existential dread. Do you uh, think people on the internet are going to overanalyze this movie? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't Maybe. think people on the, people on the internet don't generally do that. No. So, yeah. Yeah. No. No. Um, um, yeah. So Mario gets like, just like a regular mushroom. Right. And oh no, no, he gets the Tanuki suit. He gets Tanuki. And yeah. Bowser gets fire. Fire flower, right? Doesn't doesn't DK, Bowser DK, DK or did I say DK. Bowser? Yeah, DK. Yeah. Sorry, DK yeah. gets DK fire gets flower. fire flower. Yeah, um, Bowser. Now that things are kind of going awry, he, he breaks launches, out of the ice. He breaks out of the ice and he launches this enormous bullet bill, uh, who is supposed to destroy the castle and the Mushroom Kingdom, but Mario chases him off with the Tanuki suit. Yes, and like reroutes the bill into a warp pipe. Is that right? Yep. That into the sends warp pipe it that back to Brooklyn. Yeah. And then we get this. You can. I don't even want to. Okay, so we get the final fight sequence. So this, this like, <laughs> I so I, I don't know why it made me think of this. Um, but Sonic one, the first Sonic movie, the final fight sequence takes place in like their little town. Uh, and I wasn't yeah. like a huge fan of that in general. I wish they would. It would have taken place somewhere else. Uh, this, so like, but yeah, basically we have a final fight sequence in Brooklyn. And there are like cool elements of it, like Mario and Luigi having, you know, invincibility and all that. That was uh, great. That was cool. The music was great. But yeah, there's just basically a fight sequence and now that Brooklyn's being destroyed. And Bowser, like everyone's all in Brooklyn and Mario and Luigi have to save Brooklyn and defeat Bowser. And they do. And they do. Uh, what do we want to talk? What do we have to say about this fight sequence? Other than the I fact loved, that it takes place in Brooklyn. I loved everything once I get the power star. Uh, I yeah. thought it was kind of cute how Luigi saves Mario and we kind of get that brotherhood connection again. But just the fact that it was in Brooklyn, the fact that Mario and Lu- Luigi's mom and dad were watching, the fact that at the end everyone's celebrating, <clears throat> you say Brooklyn! <laughs> uh, I yeah. th- Just everything Brooklyn in this movie, I was not about. And then the movie follows the rules, the rule of three and uses the mini mushroom a third time. Yes. Uh, mm. And shrinks Bowser uh, so that he can be imprisoned. Uh, yeah. Which, yeah, I, I thought that was a good way to end it in a, mm. a way that allows for him to come back and whatever may follow. Yeah. Um, mm. Good kind of classic ending to a villain to, to end the story, but not take him out completely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I agree on the Brooklyn thing. I will say the one thing that kind of came to mind for me with them coming into the real world is that this is me overanalyzing the movie. So I totally acknowledge that, but it did kind of reference the fact that Mario with this movie is going into a new medium and kind of coming into the mainstream quote unquote hmm. theater audience, um, which I kind of liked how they did it to an extent. I, I I do agree that the Brooklyn part was a little bit too much in this movie, but given the plot structure they built, I thought it was really well executed for the finale. Hmm. I, um, I find it interesting that this movie went like 
three times as hard on a mini mushroom and didn't do you, you entirely missed opportunity to have Mario lose to Bowser die, have gotten a one up mushroom earlier, come back, like do what happens at the end of Scott Pilgrim. But with this, like have him like have like a, like a change of heart or like something. I feel like they could have set something up like that. Maybe it would have just been copying Scott Pilgrim too much. I guess what I'm saying is Scott Pilgrim did it better. Uh, in a movie that's also <laughs> very chaotic and like video gamey, but I thought had more heart than this movie did or like succeeded on some of its emotional beats a little bit more. And even though it wasn't trying to very hard. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just missed opportunity. I'm surprised there was no like one up mushroom bit. I yeah. was prepared for one. I do think that might undermine Mario's characterization as slight as it is that like he keeps getting back up. That seems to be his thing in this movie and to have like a magical item that just like makes him get back up. I feel like wouldn't be narratively quite as strong. Does that make sense? Maybe inconsistent with what they were trying to establish before. Yeah. Because one of the things I was reading about the development with the Teen Titans go writers is that they, that's the character trait they gave him that he like just keeps trying and keeps coming back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. I guess that's fine. I I will Um, say um, one other thing about the finale that definitely got to me. um, And this is just more me being well, versed in in nintendo Mm -hmm. um charles martinet who voices mario in all the games has a couple minor roles including mario's dad and i didn't fully pick up that it was him in the beginning of the movie but i did at the end and there was the line there was the whole controversy too with him not being cast and chris pat being cast and there was the line at the end that was the conclusion of the storyline of mario seeking approval from his dad and him saying in the mario voice i'm i'm very proud of you or something like that and and I immediately in that moment recognized that it was him. Yeah. And I started tearing up a bit because uh, I am a huge Charles Martinet fan. I actually uh, recognized him when I was in LA for a conference writing for a game site. I had the chance to go to E3, long story short, but we were walking down the hallway. He walked the other direction and I stopped and I was like, oh my God, I think that's Charles Martinet. And I went <laughs> back and got a photo with him, which was great. So that nice. that got to me as a big fanboy. Um, I've also heard he is the nicest man in real life. Uh, he is and- so, oh my God. Yeah, it's hundred yeah. percent. He was That's so awesome. nice. He was he was everything that I would have expected the voice of Mario to be. He was just so nice. I do love like when you when the way you put it like that, like the, the I'm proud of you thing. I think that I, that is very beautiful. I, I guess I just still it's just the the inclusion of the Brooklyn thing just didn't quite work for me. I feel like maybe you could have still had that moment without being a little more like heavy handed with hey, Mario, his dad doesn't approve of things that he does. Like, I don't know. But that is really beautiful. Um, The movie at least ends with what could be the opening of a potential sequel. Or it could have been the opening of this movie. It could have just started with Mario and Luigi (laughs) already there. That was going to be my next point. Okay. (laughs) Um, But we get them doing their morning wake-up routine, which we had seen at the beginning of the film. Yeah. Um, But we are surprised when they leave their house, and it's not Brooklyn, but they are now residents of the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah. So they are about to begin their day. They're jumping off, going down pipes, and the movie ends. Yeah, and then we get a, a post credit scene of a was is it under Brooklyn? Is it the sewers under Brooklyn? I that I don't know. Keep Brooklyn but, out of this. 
Yeah, keep Brooklyn out of this. Um, there was also it's a Yoshi egg and it's cracking, but there was a Yoshi egg uh given as a gift at Bowser's wedding too. Yeah, oh, and, I and also that. you see yeah. yo you see um as they're going an through Yoshi. Yeah, there's a, there's an island of Yoshi's earlier. But the there's movie. no there's no green Yoshi. There was not a green Yoshi. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I this was my other complaint about the movie that I had was I felt like it fell on its face for a post-credit scene. Like I, yeah. I had heard there was yeah. post-credit scene. I didn't know what it was going to be. I fully expected it's going to be something Zelda, or it's going to be something that's like teeing up for like a broader universe. And probably as a result of me going in with that hype in mind, when it was a Yoshi egg and it was referenced already in the movie, it felt very underwhelming. I I think that they, despite the fact that you could argue, like we all knew this movie was going to do well, but from a studio perspective, I feel like you can't have that in the cards if this is the very first one then again well i guess iron man did that where they had nick fury show up after the very first iron man yeah and be like hey avengers initiative and i guess they didn't even know then necessarily that it was going to turn into the the long running mcu arc that it did but yeah i guess you could have tried to set something up like that and maybe this is a Maybe this is the time where we should, well let's 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 quickly go through what worked uh, and what didn't work about the movie for us. Maybe we've been kind of talking about it um, a lot, uh, but then I want to talk about kind of generally how we feel about a sequel and how we feel about and this is more important to me. But how do we feel about more Nintendo IP coming to animated um, films? But yeah, so so what what worked about the movie for you guys overall? Yeah, I think for me fundamentally, what worked is. Nintendo's direct involvement like Miyamoto was not actively working on games because he was working with Illumination on this movie and I think if they're going to continue to expand and have more IPs come to film or come to TV they have to figure out how they're going to do that and not just have Miyamoto only do this they're going to have to really be directly involved and I don't think that they would continue forward without that um, given the history with the 93 movie and other issues from the past and how protective they are of their IP. So Nintendo's involvement was critical, I think, to this movie being is the success that it ended up being. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll echo what we've kind of already been saying. Uh, I think it's a Mario movie for Mario fans and Nintendo fans in general. Um, Viewed through that lens, I think it's really effective as a movie for someone off the street. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. Um, a little shout out, something we didn't mention. Uh, I loved seeing baby Luigi, baby Mario and baby peach. Oh uh, yeah. We get yeah. to see all of them. We yep. didn't talk about that, but it was something I wanted to mention. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah, as, as we've been mentioning, like I, I, I like the voice acting, um, except Donkey Kong and Fred Armisen. I love, uh, peach and toad and, and, and Bowser with the exception of that peaches song. Um, the mushroom kingdom is like so well realized. I, the jungle kingdom really didn't do anything for me visually. Like the movie, basically worked for me as a whole, even, even Brooklyn, even though I didn't really care for the Brooklyn stuff. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think that it, there are a lot of things to like here, like, like Easter eggs and in, in music and music is great overall. Very great. Um, Easter eggs mostly or a lot of them worked for me and just to segue into what I didn't like. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like it. What there wasn't as much humor as I was hoping for. I, I the the Donkey Kong inclusion felt a little forced. Cranky was annoying. Um, some a lot of things just kind of felt forced to me. Like set just shoving more Mario Universe stuff in and and some of the Easter eggs. Like it, it seemed like the movie was really kind of like wearing on its sleeve. It's like 
the the how blatantly it was advertising Mario. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it almost not that the movie like plays it too safe, but I don't know I, I'm I'm I'll, I'll I'll save what I was gonna say about a sequel until you guys are done talking about what you didn't like. But I, I just ultimately didn't think it quite lived up to its potential. And I don't say like the potential is like my expectations for it. I just feel like they could have done more and they it was better than average. And I'm 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 open to just preview what I'm gonna say later. I'm open to what sequels will inevitably bring to this. Um, because obviously there's going to be many sequels. Yeah. What yeah. didn't you guys like overall? Um, I did not care for Brooklyn really. Um, as I mentioned, didn't care for Fred Armisen, didn't care for Donkey Kong, Seth Rogen. However, I did like the Kong kingdom, didn't like the mashup with carts, but I had no problem with the cart scene. Um, but yeah, those three things are really my, uh, bugbears with this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The two big ones for me were the whole Kong kingdom sequence. I felt like that was the lull in the movie. Um, and then I mentioned it before, but the biggest thing was the end credit. Um, that I just thought didn't land um, on mm-hmm. top of what you already said about Brooklyn, a couple of things. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I understand the plot structure that they went with, but it wasn't perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, they try, it's like the hero's journey, essentially, right? They return back with true, but it's, it's just so, yeah. I mean, even that in and of itself, them just utilizing the hero's journey, like it's the most basic template. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not that they were trying to make the movie necessarily for this type of audience, but like any adult or teen, specifically adults or teens who have never played Mario, really, I feel like they will get nothing out of this movie at all. Yeah. Yeah. Not a damn thing, which I'm not saying that that should be like a criticism because I'm again, I'm, I'm I was really trying to approach my criticism of this movie, not from like a film criticism, like in that bubble, but more of like film criticism meets more, more heavily like Mario fan um, perspective. And I feel like, I mean, I, I think we all three of us feel a little more similarly about the movie than I was initially thinking we would when I walked out of the movie and based on when I heard like your initial reactions were. Um, it, it seems like there is, we can all agree. There's definitely some room for improvement um, when it comes to the next entry in this Mario franchise. Um and it, I guess in terms of this is kind of an, answering the next two questions I wanted to ask like together, but like in terms of next stages, I feel more comfortable. Uh, like I cringe less at the idea of a sequel to this movie and multiple sequels to this movie and utilizing the Mario IP relative to a lot of other, well, so certain other Nintendo IP. Um, there is certain uh, Nintendo IP I think will could work pretty well for a movie an animated movie and some that I, I don't want, I don't want them to touch it ever. I do not want it at all. <laughs> and I'll get into what that is, but generally how do we feel about a sequel to this movie? Yeah. I, I have a very similar thought. I, I remember seeing for a while now, everyone's been speculating like, Oh, is this the start of the Nintendo cinematic universe and ultimately <laughs> building up to an Avengers style smash brothers movie. I yeah. do not want that to happen. I think Agre- that agreed. is going to be a pop culture disaster if they try to do that i am all in though if they pick the right ip and create their own separate movie lines like bring me a zelda movie like i i would love that as as a possible next step or future step um but it is not going to work for a smash brothers universe or all franchises getting their own movie lines Mm -hmm. no no yeah 
I'm excited for a sequel um, just because now everything's been established and yeah. we have these characters in the Mushroom Kingdom. I think the next one will lean more heavily into the Mario elements that we didn't get in this uh, movie. Yeah. I'm excited to see different locales, different worlds. I'm excited to see if they explore galaxy possibilities, which they may. Um, and of course, any sequel to a Mario movie must include Fawful. <laughs> so there's, uh, there's that. I, uh, um, I yeah. my really quickly my prediction sure. for the next uh Nintendo or maybe not the next one but I imagine there will be this movie coming something with Animal Crossing because Animal Crossing is mm. wildly popular um mm. in Japan and here um and you could do probably like an Animal Crossing like neighbor type comedy movie interesting i wouldn't mm. have i wouldn't have thought that just because there's very little narrative well but with the mario i mean you didn't think a mario movie could work and well mario does have more narrative i mean if animal crossing is like capitalism and this mario actually has like save the princess or like save the kingdom type elements to it but i, I mean i wouldn't I, mean, I, w- I would obviously go see an animal crossing movie um, I like what, and, and that I guess begs another question is like, what would you want from a sequel? And Aaron, you talked about that a little bit. Like, I like the idea of Fawful, like bring in, like that's a, that's a deep cut kind of, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a deep cut because I, I feel like the, like the average Mario fan, if you can count all ages has not played Mario and Luigi super. I'm, I'm kidding about the Fawful part. <laughs> oh, you I were? Love, I like I, it. I, no, I'm just, I'm but I just love Fawful, that game, <laughs> but I, I would love a Fawful reference for sure. That would be nice. I mean, yeah. I, I think you can't, it'd be nice to have like another villain team up with Bowser, but then again, I wouldn't mind just Bowser. I would say of all the Mario games and, and visual references and everything, I think I want g- galaxy. I think I want Mario yeah. galaxy the yeah. most. Yeah, uh, that's you, where my head went to. I think yeah. the Koopalings are definite inclusion for the yes, next one. And then great. obviously Yoshi. So probably like a Galaxy Mario 3 Mario World combination. I, I would like that. I, I would like Waluigi and Wario to make an appearance. Um, what that, I would oh, love. Oh, yeah, that's to, true. Oh, man, that would be a lot. I, right. I mean, they couldn't do Galaxy and Wario, probably. Um, they could do a six golden coins and we could find out how Mario <laughs> really fucked up that country of his. Mario Land 2, or Mario Land 1, I guess. Yeah. Um, but what I would love for a sequel to include is get finally, 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 give us the Wapeach. Oh my what I think would be great is if Weech. 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 I think Wapeach, if she had the hots for Bowser and Bowser wanted nothing to do with her, oh my, that would be that hilarious. Would, that would be a great dynamic. Who would you have voice Wapeach? <laughs> oh my God. Helen uh, um, Bottom Carter. <laughs> no, no. That no, would no. be good. No, I like that. <laughs> No, who's uh oh. who's who's the who's Danny DeVito's ex-wife who is in tears? Ray <laughs> Perlman. Yeah, Ray Perlman <laughs> as Wapeach. Okay, I wasn't thinking. I was actually thinking someone like aged younger or but... Susie Susie Esman. Oh yes, that would be great. Yeah. Just like a thick, <laughs> but that he got a really thick accent going yeah. on. Very like Wapeach is very Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> that actually works pretty well. Yeah, I was thinking like get like Abby Glazer, uh, or like um, uh, or Lana Glazer or Abby Jacobson from Broad City, yeah. one yeah. of them to do it. But I, th- <laughs> I like the like the Susie Esman. Uh, <laughs> that's good. Um, 
Yeah. All right. So Nintendo IP. Uh, look, this is for the sake of this. This isn't about like Nintendo IP in general. I'm talking about like this Nintendo Illumination partnership specifically. Yeah. I don't want them to fucking touch Metroid. It does not mm. work. If, if yeah. a Metroid movie is ever to exist, it needs to do two things and it, neither of these things would end up happening. It needs to, it doesn't have to be live action. I think you can do a very gritty, like very cool, like animation style. Um, but you, you can't, it, it gets ruined if Samus talks too much and you can't have a movie that way. Yeah. Um, and so I don't think that'll ever happen unless you could, I would hundred percent watch like a two hour movie where there's barely any dialogue. I think you can make it work. It's just very, very hard to do. Yeah. Um, I don't want any animation. I don't, I don't want like Samus, like a kid Samus movie, a kid Metroid movie. Um, I think that Zelda I'm, I'm too like worried about them fucking up Zelda. So I, I generally don't want it, but if you are going to do it, Maybe just play it safe and do some like lean really heavy into the kitty animation and just do like the Lynx uh, Awakening remake animation or something mm. like that. I don't know. I'm I'm just I don't you can't. I always thought I wanted Zelda to be like a Zelda TV show or way back in the day when I cared more about like that kind of stuff and wasn't and thought that like video game adaptations, live action or that kind of shit could work like really realistic animation or live action. I don't think I want either one of those things. I think that I want them to do like wind waker or that style or something cartoony mm. and lean in. I that. agree. Something cartoony would work. Um, I think a Zelda movie based on the success of this movie is at some point probably it's coming. A, it's inevitable. It yeah. is inevitable. Um, and I imagine it'll be very similar to this film in that we get, to me, loving homages and references, but I'm sure other perspective, it's just a commercial for Zelda games. Um, I also think that Zelda may be like their foray into like a PG-13 movie to kind of test the waters mm -hmm. of that, um, to open it up to other IPs. Um, in terms of other IPs for them to explore, like I said, I think Animal Crossing makes sense based on its like wild popularity. Mm -hmm. um i'm trying to think of others we've already had pokemon films there's gonna continue to be pokemon films um what else do they have they would Metroid. never do this but i'd love for them to do earthbound i would you know what i would love i would love a star fox film i think Th you that, could do that would work really, too you could do a really fun like top gun like star fox movie and i think that would work and like have like I don't know, I'm not going to like overly kiddie animation, but like have it be animated by, I think Illumination could do Star Fox. I think so too. Yeah. Um, what else would you trust them with? I would trust them with Star Fox. Yeah. What about you, Joey? What about, oh, actually, sorry, this just popped in my head. Yeah. I would absolutely watch a Paper Mario movie. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that too. I, I do think that we'll probably see an Illumination Zelda movie and that's going to be so interesting because I feel like Mario fits their style a little bit more. Way being very, more. Campy, yeah, more. very kitty, family friendly. Um, that'd be interesting to see them because I think they'd have to take a very different approach than they have in the past to do a Zelda movie. But I, I think it's inevitable. If if not, there may be something with Universal Extended Studios yeah. that they do either live action or something different. Yeah. Uh, but if it's going to be animation, I think Illumination is probably going to be the the studio. I do think Jimmy K though. I. I uh, James, <laughs> I it's do okay. think that I, yeah, you're always Jimmy K to me, but I think James, uh, I, I, I gotta tell you, I don't think you gotta worry about a Metroid movie. I, I love <laughs> yeah. Metroid. 
I think that it's got some phenomenal games. I don't think it's big enough. It's not for them to do a mainstream because they're going to be looking at the Mario box office numbers and anything that can't come close or at least it's the mainstream. They're they're probably not going to go with. It's true. And it's and like I I was just set off when I saw the you know, that you referenced it too, like the Super Smash Brothers, like cinematic universe type thing. That's like people are saying, like, what if they did this? It's like, no. And I saw Metroid. I'm like, you can't possibly want this, guys. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's not realistic. It, it, It won't happen. Earthbound would be great. And would never, that, that would that'd be really it's niche. never going to happen. It's never going to happen. But it's so imaginative. It's so seemingly like prime and ready for an animated adaptation. I would love to see a claymation adaptation of Earthbound, which again, mm. never going to happen. But I yeah. think that would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I you know, and again. It's not like Nintendo has like an exclusive partnership with Lumination. It could work with whoever it wants for whatever IP it wants. I do think that like Zelda should not be done with Illumination if they're going to do it. Yeah, I would be way more nervous about. I'm more. I'm. I care more about Zelda more than I care more. I care about Mario in terms of like. I, I I'll just say I just do not see myself in, in any universe liking a Zelda movie. I just don't. I just don't see how they're going to pull it off. No matter who they work with. They could pick like my favorite director and like the best animators in the business. And I'd still be terrified. Yeah. Um, It's, I don't see how they're going to easily convert 16 plus hour story of a game and kind of that hero's journey that is Zelda into a 90 minute movie. That's going to be a really tough. Yeah. Transition. And I think having link talk wouldn't be that jarring because you don't have to even have them say that much. Like link is just kind of like a Luke Skywalker. Yeah, in he's a way, very much a Luke Skywalker, and like yeah. you know, I think I think it can work. Um, but I, you know, uh, I, I shudder to think about what Hollywood would do if they get their like mitts on on Zelda. But now I, I don't I also, need to worry about that. I don't think Nintendo is going to give up the reins. I think they they know how big Zelda is. They would be as involved with Zelda as they were with Mario, if not more so. And again, again, like my reaction to this movie is is. It's on the positive side of the spectrum, not the negative, but I still like Nintendo was very involved in this. And I and I think what we got is not as good as it could have been. And I think Zelda is much more fragile uh, Mm. a a task. And so despite Nintendo's involvement, I just don't. And again, I don't always (laughs) I love Nintendo dearly. And obviously, like their IP is just top, top quality. But I don't know if I necessarily trust them with like movies like video games and movies are very different just because my, my my faith and trust in Nintendo does not necessarily extend to film. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah, you got to be working with the right people. Nintendo's sure. involvement surely reassures me, but it does not uh, instill a ton of confidence. Um, um, just We could get so. the people who did the animation for Wand of Gamelin to come back. What is that? And, uh, you don't <laughs> oh, know about Wand of Gamelin? Oh, cdi game oh Oh, my god if you want to if you want a good chuckle uh youtube wand of gamelin cutscenes, and they're pretty phenomenal i will after this yeah yeah Yeah. i'm I'm in as long as they get those original voice actors back because how could you (laughs) top that (laughs) exactly um so we segue into our usual segments but we don't really have it's not really going to work as well um, because normally at this point we say how this would work as a video game. Obviously we know um, 
the Mario is a game already, unless we wanted to try to describe what an adaptation of this movie would be, and which don't want to play that, honestly. <laughs> it's just too, I just it's want too chaotic. I want them to do the the Mario Castle Town as a level sometime. That would be, be cool. Awesome. That'd be very yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, would you want to live in the world of this movie? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> because the real our world exists, but also the Mario world exists. So you get the best of both. Okay. Yeah. I was worried, Aaron, you were going to do one of your like big picture, like Mario, the existence of Mario world proves the existence of a higher power and you want, <laughs> something like that. I mean, where do the stars come from? Who made them? It's got to be intelligent design. Uh, or did it just happen? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay. Let's well, I'll segue into some fan fiction here. Okay. So fan fiction does exist. Um, specific to this movie, as you found, Aaron. I did. Um, and you said it was very smutty. Yes. It's called As Long As We're Together by Miss Honey. Okay. Um, we get chapter one. Surprise, surprise. Uh, not many chapters after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will give you the uh, the pre... Or, I'm sorry, the tags, because the tags are great. Okay. Um, tag one, incest. All okay. right. Do we need to or continue? <laughs> Tag two, sibling incest. Okay. Oh my god. Tag three. Now we're getting really specific. Brother, brother incest. Why ha- that's just redundant. Why say those three things? I know. I know. Angst. Hurt slash comfort. Here's my favorite. Eventual smut. So <laughs> that's one of my here... favorite tags. That isn't a lot of these, the smutty ones. It's like eventual smut. Like, what does that mean? You have to read to chapter four to get the smut. Yeah. So chapter one is just about Mario and Luigi uh like heavily petting each other and asking what's wrong. Um, he pressed his thumb to the bridge of his nose, trying to push back tears and screaming thoughts out of his head. He could feel Mario reaching out towards him. Before his brother could touch him, Luigi sprang off the bed. He didn't think he could stand uh, if he touched him right now. Oh, my God. And so that's kind of where it ends, presumably leaving it open for further chapters to explore the incestuous relationship between movie Mario and movie Luigi. I just realized that, like, up until that, this exact moment, this podcast uh, was very family friendly, like not the overall podcast, but this episode. And it is, it's not at all anymore. We dropped a couple of F-bombs earlier, so little kids should not listen. The F-bombs are fine. We just talked about Mario and Luigi's smut. It's a, it's it's like inevitable. If you find any it piece of fiction, there's going to be someone trying to make two people bang. That There's every, every coupling possible shows up in fan fiction. <laughs> okay, so more importantly, what, what would our fan fiction be? And one thing I was thinking of uh, before is I want... My fan fiction is set in this universe. Forget all the Mushroom Kingdom stuff. I don't want any of it in there. And again, that's not like what I want for like the movie, but it would be hilarious to have an Oscar caliber New York set drama, family drama of Mario and Luigi and like their dad, like in (laughs) Brooklyn and like trying to save the family business. Not an adventure movie, just like a deep drama with like Mario and his dad with some real like he's got some major daddy issues. Uh, Dad's never been accepting. Dad's like maybe a little bit of a drunk. Like, give me just a tonally opposite from Mario. Maybe uh, maybe 
maybe Mario takes out a loan from some <clears throat> some uh, real sharks to save the business, <laughs> yes. and uh, he has to. Maybe the father is murdered over it, and Mario has to come <clears throat> to terms with his guilt. Yeah, or they break eventually. Luigi's legs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, give me, give me a Luigi's Mansion, uh, full fan fiction. Like, give me a fun plot. Haunted house. Mario comes to save Luigi. We got yeah. Luigi adventuring in the mansion. He's teaming up with Egad. Um, yeah, give me that. I'm hoping that's a sequel idea. <clears throat> maybe not this the Mario two, but maybe three or a spinoff. Give me Luigi's Mansion. I would like that. That'd be great. I I want a film focused on Peach and the politics of leading and running the Mushroom <laughs> Kingdom. What's it like sending diplomats to the Penguin Kingdom into the Gong Kingdom? True. How do you deal with the coin recession when the toads are coming <laughs> knocking at the door asking how do what, you, what your plan is? How do you knock on the yeah. door of yeah. toads that fell in battle and you have to inform the family? Families? Oh, that's how do you true. Do that? Yeah. Is like leading a kingdom of toads like leading a kingdom of like Jar Jar Binkses? No, it's like leading a kingdom of like six year old children. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I guess they're more capable and smarter than than Jar Jar yeah. Binks. I and would I mean, like if you that. think about the movie, the Kongs are pretty much the Gungans of this movie. That's so. true. Yeah, they yeah, they really are. <laughs> You're right. You're right. All right. Well that uh any any stray thoughts before we, we wrap up and check in with each other and see what we've been watching playing recently? Um, I think if nothing else, whether you liked it or didn't like it. You can at least say this movie was proof of concept that a Mario movie could function. Maybe yes. not well, maybe not great, but you could make it work. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I agree. And I think overall the movie is just fun. I, I was hoping mm-hmm. that they didn't take themselves too seriously, and I don't think they did. And I think <laughs> despite it having moments and opportunities in the overall plot um, that didn't work as well, I do think the movie worked and it was very true to the fans and, and very much written with the fans in mind. Yeah. yeah. And so that was the Mario movie. I'll, I'll go. Uh, so I dipped a little bit back into Hades, uh, mainly just cause I didn't really know what else I was going to play on my flight to Japan. So I played Hades and Mario Odyssey. Um, I've been playing a lot of resident evil four remake. I'm on my like fourth playthrough. Um, I'm trying to like do it very quickly, but I was, I did like a regular run. I did a assisted mode run where I was just trying to get enough money to get the infinite rocket launcher. Then I did a really, really fast, like sub, um, I think it was a sub four hour, uh, run on professional with the infinite rocket launcher. And now I'm doing a professional run on new game plus without the infinite rocket launcher. So I can unlock the hand cannon. So, yeah and uh i will say it's a it's a blast joe and i were talking about it offline a little bit and it's like it's a good compliment to the original resident Evil 4 but you can't which we've done for the show check it out mm-hmm. uh yeah and um but like it's not a replacement it's just i love them both almost equally um the nostalgia is obviously big for the first one but like it's great i mean it, it hooked me immediately it's there's a reason that it's Resident Evil 4 is so good and they didn't mess with like too much and it works really, really well. Yeah, Yeah, I I agree. I've been playing Resident Evil 4 Remake as well. I finished the main story once and then I just very recently restarted it with a professional run from start uh, from scratch. Um, I think it honestly is like one of the best, if not the best remakes that's 
ever been put out. It's it's very yeah. well uh, iterative on what came before while while being mindful of what worked before. Uh, but we've been playing that. And then we've also been playing Hogwarts Legacy, which is good overall. We've now gotten to the point where it's getting pretty repetitive, but still mm. pretty fun. Um, nice. I movie wise, Aaron, I have a couple that I, I know you'll you in particular will be interested in. Um, I I watched uh, Suzume, which is the new movie by Makoto yep. Shinkai. Did you see it? I have not, but I've heard. I mean, everything, it's wonderful. They, yeah, every it's movie absolutely movie wonderful. I highly recommend it. Um, if you like your name or even if you haven't seen your name or weathering with you, Suzume, excellent movie. Highly recommend. Just really, really sweet, gorgeously animated, um, very fun, like fantasy adventure. Yeah, Miranda and I really loved it. Uh, I watched One Piece film Red, uh, which didn't like it. Uh, I actually did like it. Um, but one of the reasons I watched it was because it what the main song uh, New Genesis from that movie is like everywhere in Japan. We did karaoke oh. and like we like sang that song um, because apparently it's just like a- everywhere you go. I mean, I heard it a couple times just like on the speakers in a store um, that that song did so well in Japan. Um, I-, I liked it overall. It's a little it's a little silly, I guess. Um, but mo- all the all anime non-canon movies are. Uh, and then I watched Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. How was that? It was terrible uh, and not in a good way. Yeah, uh, it was yeah. really, really, really terrible. And oh, I, I almost didn't want to finish watching it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's just like a bunch of British women getting brutally murdered by people who look like they're like these big uh, portly guys who look like they're wearing piglet and poo costumes. Kind of. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I can't say I recommend it, but it was very successful. It was made on like a hundred thousand dollar budget and it made like millions. And mm. so that director is doing a sequel is also doing a Peter Pan and a Bambi oh. movie, too. Wow. He's really got a shtick, huh? Yep. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. How about you, Aaron? Um, I am eagerly awaiting the release of Advance Wars uh, reboot mm. or boot camp or whatever it's called. Um, so to tide myself over from that, I picked up the Mega Man Battle Network collection. Uh, I'd never played those games before. I completely missed them on the GBA. And I've been playing two, which is widely regarded as like the best entry point of the series. And they're really fun. Um, it's a really fun little like hybrid strategy rpg action game it's got mega man charm um but it definitely suffers from like you know early era art you know jrpg like not gonna tell you how to progress just go talk to everyone in a town multiple times (laughs) so that's annoying but other than that the, the actual combat is phenomenal um i've been working on completing my pokedex in pokemon scarlet um, so out of 400, I have like 360 something. Oh man, um, you're committed. So I am committed. Uh, I want to complete my Pokedex where the DLC comes out. So I love that you're favorite. a completionist. You're very particular about your completionism. You're not a completionist. It's not how I describe you overall. No, but not you at need all. to catch them all. I do need to catch them all. I As if like my... your parents won't respect you if you don't. My parents don't respect respect, me. Be- respect you. <laughs> My parents don't respect me because I want to catch them all. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, but every every game since Sun and Moon, I've like completed mm. the Pokedex. So wow. Well, you can't stop now. Can't stop yeah. now. Won't stop. What about uh pixel remasters? All right. I've assumed you're gonna be getting at least one of those. 
I will be getting those. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of, you know, I'm feeling really grinchy about it because yeah. uh, I feel like they're cash grabs, but they I'm are. going to buy it no matter what. Um, I can't believe I you're I, charging like $12 for Final Fantasy one and two separately. I, I, I think I will play two at four times experience um, because I tried playing it way back in the day. I got like the middle of it and gave up. So I do want to go back and finish two. We should do an episode at some point on how to make JRPGs of the old era more accessible. I mean, they're clearly it's been done. We're not like coming up with any new ideas, but like I just I and this is like I I feel bad for saying this because it's such a a, people will say it's like a, a stereotype about our generation, which I kind of I I reject it in a way of that we need like instant gratification um, and we don't have patience, but like, I don't want to, I just don't have the time as an adult to play, put a hundred hours and not not that you need to for the old final fantasy games, but I I, I want a faster moving game. And so give me JRPGs that speed up the game and, or specifically quads quad speed and or Mm. give you bonus experience and money which these games are going to do so a hundred percent i'm going to play final fantasy 4 and final fantasy 5 for the first time i'm so excited i've always wanted to play those never thought i'd have the patience for it but now that i can just get a ton of experience you bet your ass i'm gonna do it and i'm not gonna grind i'm just gonna play the game fast that eliminates grinding basically yeah and then i'll replay final fantasy 6 because it's my favorite final fantasy game Yeah. Any uh, um, anything else? Do we have any? Uh, thank you. Did we say yeah. thank you, Joey? No, I was going to, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank Joey. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been incredible. Uh, we greatly appreciate your perspective on this movie. Uh, I did not want to do this episode without you. Um, so I'm glad that you were able to do it. No, oh, thank you for having me. This was a blast, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, part of the conversation, we'd love to have you back. Um, I don't know what our schedule is going to be. Uh, I have a feeling I have a strong feeling, uh, Aaron, that the release of Tears of the Kingdom is going to have uh, an impact on this show. And I mean, like, Probably. we're going to want to record anything because <laughs> I'm going to want to spend every night uh, after work playing it. What if it uh, sucks, though? It's not going to. We know it's not going to. Um, I've. Uh, can I tell you, I've seen absolutely nothing that's good I, you should keep I've it that way nothing. yeah yeah um but i'm just gonna I've say too one much yeah i've seen too much too i'm just gonna say one thing to you aaron it's the legend of zelda nuts and bolts <laughs> <laughs> we thought we were gonna get a sequel but instead we get this weird <laughs> this weird crossover yeah yeah um yeah sorry i i'm like i keep wanting to like say things but i forgot i want to respect that you are that you don't want to talk about all those details so so we'll yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll save it i um, heard but- one thing i heard one thing my brother told me yesterday and immediately i plugged my ears because i was like even that one thing i was mm-hmm. like no like i don't want to know about this yeah i i'm lo- i'm like i'm looking forward to it obviously but it's also it's the last game that did this to me was elden ring the game where like i cannot focus because all I want to do is play it. Like when I'm doing anything else, I just am thinking about where, like when a game like Breath of the Wild, it's like I get to a location and I have to put the game down because it's like three in the morning. <laughs> That's not going to happen again. Um, and then it's like all I'm thinking about the next day until I can play again is where am I, am I going to go next? Am I going to go here? Am I going to go here? Am I going to do this? And it's like I I love that. But as an adult that needs to function, we can't have that. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> No. So no. 
I guess I should be glad I don't have kids yet. So I definitely <laughs> took a full day off of work for Super Smash Brothers for DS and Pokemon Sword and Shield because I knew the day those came out, I I wouldn't be able to focus. I there was no way I could work to my optimal abilities knowing those games were out and I was not immediately playing them. But the thing is, it doesn't for me. It, it I don't know about you guys, but it, for me, it does not stop until the game is done. For the most part, like that, I don't slow down. I can't slow down. I can't like I, I can't like satisfy the craving with like just taking one day off of work for a game as long and deep as like Tears of the Kingdom will be. Yeah, I agree. I think in some ways taking <clears throat> that time and just playing for an extended period can also make it worse where you're you're now even more hooked and you're further along. Yeah, I like I have a feeling that my my tendencies will be to binge it to the best of my ability. Granted, I may have a lot of I'll be busy and have a lot of things to do, family things and other things. And it's but it's like uh, binging games like I do it a lot um, when I do really love a game now. But sometimes I feel like it's not healthy. It's just like just to get it over with so you can move on to other games and move on with your life and just stop. It's like getting rid of the temptation. It's like doing a bunch of heroin thinking it's going to stop your heroin addiction. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, that's that's the number one way people get off of heroin. They just keep doing more. It is binge heroin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know how, how you guys feel about that kind of approach to gaming and, and, and our adult lives. But maybe this is whole entirely separate conversation. It's um, it's something that I actively like desperately seek out now because I very much was that way when I was younger. But now as an adult, it takes so much more to really hook me and bring me in yeah. and keep me. Um, Breath of the Wild kept me just because of how huge it was, how much there was to do. I think Tears of the Kingdom will capture my attention pretty heavily. Um, the only series that's done that lately has been Fire Emblem. Also, mm -hmm. just pull me in and does not let me go. Mm. Yeah, I, I also am at a point in my life where I, I share those experiences with my significant other and we'll often play it together or hand off the controller. And so there's few games that really do that well when you're playing single player games. So my, yeah. my gaming habits have definitely changed for that reason. Yeah, we should do it. Zelda now. was great for that. We, we've we yeah together played through it, I think, five times Breath of the oh, Wild wow. together. Yeah, nice. I still have nice. only played it like one and a quarter times. And I just I kept picking up the second time and putting it down because it's such a daunting task with all the other games I want to play. I think it would it would help. I mean, the, the situation you, you're talking about is like nice to be able to like hand it off um, to Ted. And like, that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's hard, especially with open world games um, to go back and replay them mm -hmm. just because so much of it to redo feels monotonous, like getting all the towers yeah, um, it's something like Fallout, Fallout 3 is one of my favorite games. I love Fallout 3. I spent so much time with Fallout 3, but I like I couldn't go. I would back. never, never replay that. Go back. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's too much. Uh, and I do want to do Breath of the Wild again. I wanted to do it before Tears, but I, that was I hey. should have known that was never going to happen. <laughs> you got a month. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah, I true. do. I guess I do. Are you if you replay it, will you do like Champions Ballad or just quick and dirty? Well, so, I mean, I did restart it. I did not want so I didn't want to do Master Quest or whatever. I wanted to just play the game again, experience it. I would probably just do not the bare minimum because um, I, I going to all the shrines is so fun. Um, I don't think I would do like the DLC content. I would just mm -hmm. try to like get a gist for most of it. But at the same time, I just don't think Breath of the Wild is like the kind of game that you should binge. And that's what I'm worried about with Tears of the Kingdom is like it is 
very much like a vibe and it is just one it's one of my favorite things about it and one of the things i think i am going to do the playing this game again this is a very long tangent um we'll circle back and wrap up the show soon but is i i've often like games that are really popular i like to play them and i talk to my friends about them all the time and like not that i don't want to talk to you guys about it i'm sure i will inevitably talk to both of you about it but the more i talk to people especially about like where who like where people are and what they've done if you learn about something not like spoilery, but if you've learned about something that you haven't done yet, or like you feel like you're behind or you feel ahead of where everyone else is, I, for some reason, like it impact, I feel like it negatively impacts my mindset playing. I want, this is a game I want to chill with and I don't want to binge it. I feel like I am going to, but in order to not do that, I feel like I need to just isolate myself in terms of like, not talk about the details of the game to everyone. Mm. That's fair. I would say that's fair. Um, it's, it's, it's like for my own health, I guess. Anyway. But anyway, I, like, I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I can totally understand that perspective. I sort of like uh, when the mm-hmm. discourse is around the game when it's brand new, especially for something like Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom or Elden Ring, mm-hmm. just because um, I enjoy the experience of people saying like, oh, did you find this like weird thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and them saying like, no, like I had no idea that was there and just discovering things kind of organically talking to people. Yeah. But I, I also totally understand your position. Um, just wanting to kind of keep that experience to yourself, at least for the first well, it's, little while. It's because I, I do like what you're talking about, but it makes me too tempted to, it distracts me too much it makes me want to play when i need to focus on other things like gotcha. it just it, it fuels like i just it's bad enough me just living in my own brain and trying not, not to be distracted by wanting to play the game but if i've got if i'm listening to the discourse and i'm hearing about all these amazing things coming up that i haven't done it just yeah it distracts me even more Again, what you're saying more, is we're in, it's the more heroin thing. Yeah, we're, we're enabling you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm sure I'm yeah. saying this and I'm sure within like a week of the game coming out, I'll be like saying things to you guys. But like, you know, obviously we don't want to spoil it for each other, but it's inevitable that we're going to talk about it. I just, you know, yeah, don't want to I don't want to like be so heavily. I don't want to be reading things about it all the time. I want to just want to try to chill with it. But maybe this is prepared. the game that will introduce Wapeach. <laughs> Zelda oh, Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> yeah. Wa, Wa Zelda. That'd be a bold choice. Yeah, yeah it would yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, th- again, circling back, thank, thank you to everyone listening uh, for indulging us on that tangent, um, but also just thank you for listening to, to this in general. Um, we had a great time talking about it. Joey, thank you again so much. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Joey. All right. Take care, everyone.